Hello and welcome to episode 11 of In PS We Trust. My name's Davey and joined with me as always is Phil. Yes boys. And Spencer. Let's go. We're a fortnightly PlayStation podcast and we each bring one topic of discussion to the table to go in depth on. But first, before we get into that, boys, what are you drinking? All right, well, we don't need to talk about this for long. I'm drinking buds. What about you, Phil? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Skim over that quite quickly. Haven't you got anything else? Uh, I got a bit of Jaeger since the blowout. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I finished, I thought you finished that bottle, mate. Nah. I mean, you, you'd have thought so after listening to the podcast. But no. Well, that might rear its head later. It depends on how much you want to kind of inflict that on whoever you want to inflict on because you did win the predictions that we made in our live stream for the PlayStation Showcase. You do have to dish those out at some point across the podcast, but we'll deal with that when we come to it, I guess. What about yourself, Phil? What are you on today? Surprise me with your random nonsense beers that you drink. Nonsense beers. Jesus Christ. Well, here's a nonsense beer for you. I'm drinking a Mao. I think that's how you pronounce it. Have you ever heard of this lager before? I haven't tried it, but I've seen it. I have seen it in Asda. It was around the okay. same place as where I picked up that really nice feeling bottle the other, the other week, you know? <laughs> yeah, You'll man, never forget yeah. that. You'll never forget that feel. Well, what I was thinking, seeing as I won the big hashtag blowout quiz, I've got a question for you to kick off ele- um, episode 11. What country do you think the Mao is from? Spence, as the youngest, you can go first. Um, just name a country Moscow mate Moscow the country of Moscow it's not a country I know but I'm going Moscow yeah you're narrowing it down to the city of Moscow so you're not going Russia nah 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 (laughs) making it even harder going from the biggest country in the world in Russia down to just a place in Russia yeah what if I'm right what if I'm right it sounds like Mao or whatever it is the way it's spelled M-A-H-O-U is that a spell? Yeah, That's how it's spelled. Like. I'm not entirely sure I'm pronouncing it correctly because the uh, are, I, I, I went to the self checkout uh, today, and no one pronounced the name of this while I was there. <laughs> well, I I reckon it's Hawaiian. I was Ooh. thinking that at, th- at first as well. No, you've got Moscow. I have. I'm sticking with Moscow, but I did think Hawaiian. Well, David, you're pretty close. I know you're a fan of the Spanish, so I had a look through. Read, read up on the Wikipedia, and this is actually Spanish, and it's owned by Mao San Miguel. So it's owned oh. by the, the, the producers of San Miguel. Oh, wow. my second favourite beer. Oh, Here wow. we go. So on, tonight I'm on the Spanish uh, to start oh, nice. with. Um, and then what, and are you, then, what are you combining that with? I always like to mix it up on the podcast, don't I? Yeah, you give us some nonsense. So what have you got today? Well, next up, I've got a West Coast classic for you. I'm going real heavy. I've okay. got a pale ale from Brewdog. Ah, you just can't get more poncy, can you? I mean, I no proper opinion. poncy. No well, I I feel like I introduced that drink like I'm Tim Westwood. Come on, <laughs> real heavy from the West Coast. Oh, you did, you did. It doesn't save it though. It's still pale ale, isn't it? Oh dear. Well, I'm on the Italian today. Still keeping it in the Mediterranean, so you know, still kind of got that. Spanish flavour, but I'm on the Italian. I'm on the Peroni. Davy, can we can we hear that said in an Italian accent? Oh, I can probably do this. All right, Peroni. Perfect, perfect. That's the best one you've done, to be fair. 
that I, I was quite happy with that. I was quite happy. I didn't practice in the mirror all day, ready for this podcast or anything. But um, but you you know, I, I'm glad you enjoyed that impression. Episode eleven. It's the first time you've got it right. Congratulations. My Scottish, my Scottish was pretty bang on. I'll have you know. The accent was okay, but then you used some sort of weird reference within it. Canny, just chuck canny in every other word. It seems to sound Scottish, doesn't it? We and canny. That's all you chuck in. But for I Italian, th- you just got to say it. Speak it, speak it in perfect English and just add an A. And that's all you do. You just add an extra A randomly. Speak it in perfect English. That's getting a bit Chinese there. Christ. I'm, like, I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. I was going to say, um, you know, like every week I ask you to, um, you know, pronounce the name of the lager or the alcohol you're drinking in the, in, 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 in the country's kind of accent. Does that kind of um, shape what alcohol you're going to be drinking in the future? Do you go to the supermarket thinking, I can do an Italian accent. I can do a French accent. I'll go for that. The way it goes, basically, is it's an order of preference. So first off, I look at how much the Estrella is. If it's full price, no sales on. I thought, okay, I'll look then to see if the sales are on, if there's any sales anywhere, which is why I'm on the Prony today, because it was 10 cans for £9. So I was like, okay, I'll go with that. And just to note, they're Peroni Slim cans. I don't know if people <laughs> want to make any kind of assumptions about Davy for drinking out of a Slim can, but just so people know. It does look like the, the kind of can you get a gin and tonic in. Doesn't it does, it? yeah. It very it's like, does. It's like one of those, it's a 330ml can, so like a normal can size, but they've just made it really thin, but extra long. And uh, Just I'm the all way about you like girth. it. <laughs> I'm all about girth. You know, I'd rather a more stouter frame. Uh, just a bit girthy, you know, so you really feel it. But uh, you don't get any of that with this. How does the label feel on it? Is there any indentation where the uh, lettering is across the uh, can, Davy? Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Really feels low quality. They've let you down. D- to be fair, the only one that's gone the extra mile is that Hell's, that Camden Hell's Lager. That's the only one that's had some kind of variety to the label so far. But I am constantly now, when I do pick up a bottle, I do rub my thumb along it. <laughs> Just to see if I can get that kind of feeling again. And so far, everyone's let me down. To be fair, I, I, I'm quite surprised you've been able to find a Peroni. I've heard they're quite hard to get. You told me once they're only available on cruise ships. Oh, listener, I, I was hoping it wouldn't go into another confession time, but Phil's brought it up. Basically, what happened is the story with Peroni, and probably the reason why I don't drink it as often as, uh, as I used to, actually, is because when we were about 20, we were on a night out visiting Phil's brother up in Leamington Spa and there was this girl there I don't know if it was one of Phil's brother's friends girlfriends or whatever but I was trying to crack on her anyway so I was drinking Prony and so I went up and just said oh oh Prony have you ever tried it she was like yeah I was like well they're they're quite hard to find (laughs) don't know why I don't know why I thought it was going to work I don't I don't even know what I was trying to accomplish with it and how did that chat up line go Davey we can say it wasn't successful. We'll, we'll leave it at that. We you know, we don't have to go into the fact that she just walked off really awkwardly immediately after I said it. So uh, this isn't something to, to dwell on sort of 15 years, well, maybe not 15 years, but 10 years later, is it on a podcast? Uh, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's just move I, on. I, I'm quite happy to leave that in the past, Phil. But uh, it just keeps on coming up. It just keeps on coming up whenever I have Peroni. But I am enjoying <laughs> it. I tell you what, it is nice. It is nice to be back to have this reminds me of my early 20s before life crushed every hope and dream I had out of me. So it's a, it's a good it's a good drink. I think it's about time we move on to what we've been playing the last couple of weeks. So 
who wants to start us off this week? I mean, Spence had quite an introduction with his uh, drink. Spence, do you want to kick us off with what games you've been playing? Yeah, of course. Basically, the main game I've been playing has been Resident Evil HD Remaster. I've been playing it on my PC. As we all know, like I played it a while ago, and then uh, I was streaming it, having a bit of a mirror with the game, and then I kind of just set it to the side for a while, which I really shouldn't have, because it's my goal to beat all of them before Village. But I picked it back up. Your streaming schedule is like mine. You do yeah. you do a couple of hours, and then maybe you wait a week, you maybe wait two weeks, and then you go back to it. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a mirror. But I will say, the last two sessions, because I streamed it two days on the trot, have been brilliant. I've really, really enjoyed my time with this game, and I'm excited to finish it so I can watch the new SSJ debut review. i got to say, it's been really entertaining watching you play it, Spence, because it's kind of just taking me back to how it was when I first played it, you know, for the first ever time, and not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to interact with stuff. So it has been quite interesting. And me and my wife have been watching it because she watched me play through the game uh, for my review. And so she was like, oh, I'll, I'll watch Spence play it as well. So we were both sitting there, kind of both laughing and <laughs> and uh, seeing how you were getting on. But I got to say, you, you're taking to it like a duck to water now. You absolutely flew through the section you just did, which was in the outpost where you fought Plant 42, right? Yeah. So yeah, you flew through that in record time. I was going to say, for the listeners who haven't been tuning into your stream, uh, do you want to update us on where you're at in the game and how you've been going over your last stream? Sure. Um, basically, I just left the mansion, went to a cabin. I've just, I've now fought both the bosses, the first two bosses, I think the sharks and the plant. Just beat the plant, made the V-Jolt, which apparently I didn't need to make, but it's beneficial. Because it, make, it makes you skip the boss, doesn't it? You literally don't have to fight him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas... If you were playing as Chris, for example, because you're, you're playing as Jill Valentine, but yeah. if you were playing as Chris, you'd walk into that area and you'd go into where you make the V-Jol, which is like a chemical that kills plants. Chris is like, I can't read labels. So he just can't figure out how to make it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he literally walks up and I was like, what? He's like, I don't understand what any of this means. That's what it comes up with saying. I'm like, what are you, are you mental? It's written on the wall, Chris, literally behind you. And he's like, I don't have a clue about this. Davey, is that the first thing in Resident Evil that you thought, wait a minute, this ain't realistic. What's going on? He can't read labels. My warning sign should be going off where the guy who created the mansion gets lost in his own mansion and dies. Um, yeah. That that really should have, you know, ticked a couple of warning flags off on me, really. But uh, but no, that's the first thing I was like, what? Like, Chris, you're a dumbass. Like, even I could figure that out. It's just reading a label. It's, it's not even, you're not doing complex chemistry. You're just literally putting a couple of things in, chucking a bit of tap water in, and jobs are good in. If you were playing as Chris, you'd walk into that room and you'd have no way to have hurt Plant 42 before. So you've got a full boss fight on your hands. Sure. Whereas with Jill, you can kind of avoid that. Now, reading online, there is a way that you can avoid it with Chris as well, but it involves like getting damaged or poisoned or some random bollocks and then Rebecca taking over. There, there's loads of ways this game can basically go, depending on the choices and the things that you do. Uh, which is really quite interesting. So it has been good watching your playthrough, and so far you're doing a fantastic job. I mean, how are you taking to this more kind of archaic game design compared to how games are today? Yeah, it's um, it's a lot less linear. I I think I was struggling a lot at first, but then obviously the more time I've spent with the game, the more I've learned about how it works, about where I need to go, how beneficial the map is. Now, whenever I find something, I'm like, all right, keep that in mind. I, I know that's there. And I'll go somewhere else and be like, 
I gotta go back now, make the thing in the room. This is where I use it. It feels good. It, the game makes you feel so smart. Because all these puzzles, you solve them and you're like, yes, let's go. What did you think of the Hunters? Because when I tuned into your stream, um, I was doing a couple of things in the house, but I, I happened to switch on at the point the Hunters started chasing you. Yeah, I at first I kind of just cacked my pants. I walked into the safe room, thought, all right, that's fine, it's gone. Left the safe room, he was there, wasn't he? So I walked back in the safe room whilst I was invincible, grabbed my rocket, my missile launcher, whatever, grenade launcher, walked back out, two shots, he was gone. I haven't seen another one since, don't know if there's more or if that was it. I feel like that's the same experience most people have when they see the hunter. Run for the save room, save, get the biggest gun and try and go out and kill it. If not, you've got your save, so... Exactly. You're good. With the hunter, fortunately you haven't experienced it yet, but they can kill you in one hit. So they can do a jump-in lunge attack, which takes your head off, just decapitates you even if you're at fine. And so they are terrifying. Like, especially if, if you're playing on like a, a later difficulty, then sure. you get like three of them in one little area. Oh my god. And that's a nightmare. That's that's a nightmare. That's that's then shit your pants territory. They're always threatening. They're always scary in every single game they are. I, I mean, they're my favorite favorite enemy, uh, recurring enemy. My favorite enemy sure. is always the sharks, of course. But um, <laughs> you know, they they're my favorite recurring enemy in uh, in Resident Evil. I just I love them. I think the design is just so cool. Just like a mutated frog. Yeah, they do seem really cool. Like, why would you why would you experiment on a frog? I just That's don't... what most experiments are on, I think, and they're in like high schools and stuff. They dissect the frogs. Well, my girlfriend is actually a scientist. Well, she's a science teacher, and I always said to her, or I've always been saying to her, <laughs> just you know, shot her down, shot her down immediately, build her up, and then just cut undercut her immediately. She's a scientist. She's just a science teacher. Well, if you can't do it, you teach <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. But I, I keep asking her, when is she going to be doing the experiment with the frog? And she's like, we don't do that in schools. And I was shocked by that because every movie has misled me that school students dissect a frog. It's an American thing, I think. They do it over there. I don't think they do it here. I mean, you didn't have science when you were growing up, Phil. It's a, it's a relatively new thing for you. It was just religious studies, mate. <laughs> it, was, it was. That's all we had. When I was in school, we, we dissected a pig's heart. Did you guys never do that? I remember the lung. No. We did a lung. And oh, that's cool. Maybe, maybe a heart. I think, I think with a lung, we blew it up. Oh, wow. How big it could get. Yeah, yeah. We just had some kind of, the teacher had some kind of thing to make it like kind of pump a little bit. It's like a pig's mm. heart. It's cool. And then we cut it open and nice. had a little look in it. Do you not do any of that, Spence? Do they do that we in didn't schools do these days? Anything, no. We did nothing like that. Oh, man. It's savage. We maybe read a book on it. It's all on an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, one of the reasons probably why they stopped it was because of the, the banter that would happen. Like, one kid just got the heart chucked at his face, you know? It just immediately got chucked across the classroom, just smacked him in the face, just this pig's heart. It just it's minging. So it's probably stuff like that is the reason why they spoiled it for everyone. But, uh, you know, there you go. So have you been playing anything else, Spence, or is that is that everything for you? The only other game I've really been playing that's worth talking about, I started playing last night. And that's Mortal Kombat 11. What are your thoughts on it? Because you played it you played it a while ago when it originally launched, right? Yeah, of course. I used to play it quite a bit. I used to play Cassie Cage. She's paying. Um, <laughs> and then we, we, I even attended a tournament. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. gave me a look then. <laughs> the trick is not to have them in the room while you record. And you're free <laughs> to say whatever you like. 
Laura doesn't listen to this. No, my wife, my fun, wife doesn't listen to it. She's sick of hearing my voice. <laughs> she don't want to listen to another two odd hours of me yabbering on. As he checks the door to make sure she, he's not, <laughs> know, she's not yeah, behind yeah, you. Just <laughs> look up the stairs, make sure she's not lurking, you know. <laughs> she's just stood right next to you. <laughs> Self-preservation, isn't it, you know. This, oh, Phil made me say it, Phil made me say it. So, in terms of the game then, what kind of drew you back to it? And what are your thoughts on it now that you've got access to all the DLC? Because you've got the Ultimate Vision on PS5, right? No. I'll explain. I'll explain. It's a weird situation. Basically, my uncle had Mortal Kombat on the PlayStation 4. And then when the Ultimate Edition came out, he bought that as well on the PS4. And because he has two copies of the game, the base version and the Ultimate version, he just gave me one of them. Because I sold my copy when I was saving for a PlayStation 5. Um, so he gave me the base version and the disc data disc for Ultimate, thinking that it could give me the base game with all the expansions. I want an uncle like yours. He's safe. He's every a, he's a every time you, you say anything about your uncle, he's always giving you stuff. Was he the same yeah, he uncle that, is. is he the same uncle that dropped all the Spider Man stuff around and the chessboard and all the all the models? All those figures up on my shelf and that roughly eight hundred quid. He says eight hundred quid, it's probably not eight hundred quid. Chess set, yeah, it's all from him. Jealous man. I know. He's lovely. He's he's mostly his house is a tip and he's just trying to get rid of everything. <laughs> I'm charity. <laughs> Hey, I'll be charity if going. he's giving that stuff away. In it, yeah, it's sound. Um, but yeah, so he gave me. I have both both of his copies at the minute, and I'm playing. The, it's weird the way it works. The base version I have. When I play it, I get a free download for the PS5 upgrade, but I need to use the base disc. So I can play the PS5 version without DLC, or I can play the PS4 version with DLC. But I can't do both. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Brilliant game. I need to relearn it. Because I used to play it quite a lot, and I used to be somewhat okay. My combo game's not great, not going to lie, but my neutral's sick. You should never say you're good at fighting games. Never say you're good nah, at fighting well. games. you just got to make sure that you remember that when you're 500 hours deep, when you sit down to sit to play somebody for the first time, you just say, I only picked up this game yesterday. That's true. Everyone does that. Nobody believes them. You That's know? what Ryan Hart said to you, mate, wasn't it, when you <laughs> guys did. played? This is he my said, first <laughs> tournament. <laughs> he says, I don't even play this shit game. <laughs> I'm the same as you spent. So you bought me for for my birthday. Actually, you bought me uh, Mortal Kombat Ultimate, and I did. It's incredible. I absolutely love it. I played quite a lot of it when it first came out, same as yourself. And then yep. the problem was that a few months after it came out, Smash Ultimate came out. So I couldn't really juggle both games at the same time. So I had to make a choice, and Smash is generally my first choice. So Mortal Kombat kind of got pushed aside, but for the entire entire time since i stopped playing it you and me have always kind of said to each other why aren't we playing mortal kombat yeah it's so good it's just so fun and now we're both playing it which is so hype and the good thing about it is i'm re- i'm learning a brand new character you're learning a new character so there's no difference in skill really we're, we're kind of similar so we're just having these really really good games even though last night you absolutely whooped my ass so i gotta That's try and get that run back today after we finish yes. this recording Phil, speaking of Mortal Kombat, because I've got two copies of it now, I dropped one round to your house earlier. I hope I delivered it to the right place. For all our listeners, I'm holding up the Mortal Kombat PS4 edition um, onto camera. So this is the first game since Spider-Man that we all own and we could all potentially play it the first time because... Dun-dun-dun. 
Phil, you now have PlayStation Plus. Ooh. Well, well. I, I, You've I, had it forced upon you. I now have. I, I've now been gifted a co- uh, a code for PS Plus. I haven't actually redeemed it just yet, but yes, I think I shall redeem it, and we shall play some Mortal Kombat online. I am looking forward to it. It is a game I have always wanted to uh, jump back into because we've played a little bit of it. I remember at shows we we played a couple of games, and it did look really hype at the time. And it it, it was a game that I've always looked to and thought I'd love to play that, but. Playing a fighting game on your own, and then playing with your friends. Yeah, it's way different. Yeah. Oh, didn't we all play uh, Insomnia? Yeah. The lot of us together. I yeah, we so. did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Damn. That was the last time that we were able to go to a to a con before COVID hit. So no in the field podcast interviews, nothing like that. So when COVID eventually ends, we'll be able to start doing that kind of stuff again, which will be really fun. We'll be um, broadcasting from Birmingham. The city of greatness, city of wonders, Birmingham. And I'm not even saying that sarcastically. Everyone in Birmingham hates Birmingham. I really like Birmingham. Yeah, it's crazy. I know, I Love like it. it. It's I great. Like Best night out. Yeah, class oh, night yeah. out. Class night out. Sorry to all our American listeners who don't know what the hell Birmingham even is. Well, uh, out, outside of a night out in Miami, which was pretty special, to be fair. That was a great night. Come to the come to the UK, Birmingham, number one. Much better than a light, uh, night out in London, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, London is a shocker. Never had a great night in London. It's always just average. I've had one great night in London, and it was because the club was either refusing us entry or there was another club that was too expensive. So we went to a petrol station, bought a crate each, and went in a park. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> and night. And that's why we love London. <laughs> it was a brilliant night. <laughs> that is class. That's like a 16-year-old's normal night, that is, isn't it? Just get served yeah. at the co-op, go down to the park, and drink it under the slide. It was just after that was after Albion Four, so a massive, the biggest UK Smash tournament ever. So there was about 130 of us in this park. Oh my god, it was crazy. <laughs> That's mad. It's like a rave. What? Yeah, it was awesome. What club turned you down? Like, I, I mean, it was just it was too big a group. I mean, it, it is the Smash community. How many of them had tails? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be yeah, fair, having... right? <laughs> yeah. Any bouncer yeah. seeing them come towards you, you'd be like, Do you know what, mate? Fuck off. You're not allowed in here. <laughs> And the stench yeah. as well. Just turn them away, turn them away. All the neck beards out. You're gone. Yeah, definitely. All the ladies straight in though. Standard ladies night, isn't it? Is there many ladies in the Smash community? There's a few. There's a few. Probably a couple of them are furries though. Uh, yeah, I'd say like 2% of the Smash community maybe. Yeah. Might be generous. Yeah. It's not 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 great, uh, not great ratio. I do feel sorry for them having to sit next to all the nonces. Sit next to you. <laughs> <laughs> sit, sit next to me. Hey, uh, John, I'm, I'm thinking about getting Peroni. Do you know anywhere I can find some? <laughs> Just sat there flexing because you're the only one that's been to the gym out of 100 people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Well, <laughs> what about you, Phil? What have you been playing? To be honest, these last couple of weeks have been havoc, mate. Yeah. My job has just been mental. So I've been avoiding talking about this a little bit. But this is the reason I actually had today off. We had a couple of attacks on our main website. So the first attack, um, unfortunately, was an internal attack. Um, some tester uh, left an application running overnight and almost brought down our website. So we had wow. to sort out all that. 
And then two days later, we had an attack from uh, the Russian Federation, um, which we had to sort out. So serious, serious business going on. And yeah, it's been horrible. It really has. It's been super stressful. Everything okay now, though? We were able to sort it all out, but it's just the process that goes along with it. And then, of course, we've got to document everything and be really official. You know, we've got lots of people to report to when it comes to, you know, issues of privacy and things like that. So, um, yeah. Why would the Russians... What? Like, what? They seem to be so random. They're attacking the most random things ever. It's like, I get it when they're they're attacking a, you know, the, the US election or whatever, or meddling with the Brexit vote or anything like that. You know, okay... I can see kind of a vested interest in that. But they're going after some really random stuff lately. Someone just needs to put a stop to it. Maybe, Spence, it's time we put our Cold War COD skills into action and and they get us in just to sort it all out. Why did I think you were going to say, Spence, it's now time to don the costumes and go after them? (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was going to be something like that. I'm not going to give up my, uh, my identity on this podcast. I'm not like Miles Morales, where he's telling everyone his secret identity after just knowing them for five minutes. You're going to bring down that Kylo Ren sword and that Link... Um, sorry, Zelda's shield. No, Link shield. Link shield. Uh, uh-huh. And then go at them. Yeah, let's get that right before the Nintendo community get at me. Hello. If they're still here after I just insulted them all. But yeah, they probably <laughs> all switched off when you called them. <laughs> Call them nonces. Well, I'm sorry, the but word. true fits. True fits. <laughs> but yeah, sort of out, outside the hacking, I, I did have a few nights, um, did a bit of streaming, obviously continuing with my God of War adventure. I've managed to get the uh, Giant's Chisel. Nice. I've beat the uh, next boss fight, uh, which was Magnian Modi? 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 Those are the guys with the lightning sword and the mason shield. That that yeah. fight just felt pointlessly long, in my opinion. Like It was super easy, and it just took forever, because they had so much health. There was like three different rotations in the boss fight. Yeah, it does go on for quite a while. And, and, and then they broke it up by this kind of darkness effect. And you had to like guard at certain points. But it wasn't really difficult in any way. It was just a way of them telling the story. Now that you're quite far into it, what are your thoughts on the game? And how are you finding it now that you've probably got everything open to you in terms of like the skills and you can see kind of where things would build to? I, I don't feel like I've changed my opinion that much. The game's great, right? I can I can see why people love it. But for me, I'm just not invested in the story anywhere along the line. It's it's not a franchise I've ever gotten into previously, and I absolutely hated God of War 3. I can totally understand why people love this game, and I can totally understand why people get like super fanatical about the game. The amount of effort that's taken you to get me to play this game, you must absolutely love it. I do. After I finished it, it would it it went into my top of PlayStation 4. After I after I finished it, and it went up into my personal top ten of all games I ever played. I absolutely loved it. I adored it's it. Big. It's big. Yeah, to me, it's it's basically perfect. There's a there's a few things that that it doesn't do quite right. Like the end game stuff isn't quite there. Um, it's quite boring. But overall, my experience with it and the story really resonated with me. And and that was before I had a, a child. So so now it probably resonate with me a little bit more because what they say is kind of true, which is weird enough, is that. After you have like a son or daughter or whatever, and you play a story with with that kind of dynamic, it does affect you. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the personal relation that you kind of understand it a little bit more. I, I honestly don't know. Is this the point where I can start to bring up uh, Death Stranding? You could bring up Death Stranding anytime you want, Phil. I I think we should put a Resident Evil ban on at some point. You're the you're the first one to mention it so far in the episode. 
Spence is today. Oh, I mean, but as I a re- as a reference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You I've been tr- I've been trying to avoid it. I've moved on to my other game that I like. <laughs> I like two games, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got time for a Death Stranding Death Stranding reference. Well, I was just wondering, did you ever carry Cass around on your chest in a big yellow kind of uh, carry hold? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No? Uh, no, I did. I did get really emotional though when the baby was crying, which I know I wouldn't have got before I had a, a child. You actually said you spent a lot of time with the child because you got the trophy for looking after the child. And I remember that was one of the last trophies I actually got with Death Stranding. So to our listeners, I actually hate trophies, but I actually platinum Death Stranding. But yeah, one of the trophies is that you've got to care for the child at a certain point. And I totally avoided all that. But I I, I remember you sort of saying in the gym, that was one of the things that you did quite early days in the game. Yeah, yeah. Ticked it off right at the start. And without meaning to, obviously, just, just by playing at him and just, you know, just messing around and making sure he wouldn't cry and he was happy and everything. And I think, it definitely is. There's there's a weird thing about it, and I, I can't really, I can't really explain it to be honest. And it sounds daft when I'm thinking about it, but I've definitely become a lot more emotional since having a child. I don't know what it is. Like I, I the only film that ever used to make me cry was Terminator Two, right? That was the only one. And now I get a Disney film, and I'll be fucking bawling. And I'm like, what is going on? I watch Soul, and I'm like, oh my god, like tears are going. And I'm like, what is what has happened to me? I've just become soft. You're getting old, mate. Probably getting old. Maybe my tear ducts are failing. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> and yeah, in fact, we'll just go with that. Yeah, my, my tear ducts are just failing. I'm getting too old now. That's, that's been, exactly what it is. You haven't been to the gym to top up on that manliness. That's exactly that's what, what it, is. it is. You're losing your manliness. <laughs> that's you're it, that's it. Like a bro. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, my God. But yeah, other, other than sort of, you know, completing the boss fights, which are a little underwhelming, um, I've done the side quest where I've released a dragon and I fought my first Valkyrie uh, within God of War. And I got absolutely destroyed. Yes, I've been waiting for you to find a Valkyrie. I've been waiting this entire time. So with the Valkyrie, just, just in case you don't know, each one is different. Uh, they've okay. each got their own unique skills and their own unique attack patterns, but they're all a big step up from a normal enemy and they are scary man scary (laughs) because you walk up and it's it's kind of got its wings wrapped around it and 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 your son is like what is this and you go up and you can attack it so you attack it and then it (laughs) threatens you and you're like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) this is what they're talking about because i'm dead (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you wait you wait until you get to the queen oh my god god you wait till that fight that that's the fight that as i said in a previous uh davy gaming confession that i had to turn it down to easy for to beat because she just whooped my ass left right and center so you wait till then and i loved if you do that on normal jesus christ top top marks to you because i'm gonna no sweat way. it now you know i'm gonna sweat it <laughs> you just refuse to turn it down it'd be coming up with that that annoying message every time. Are you sure you don't want to turn it down to easy? And you'll be like, no. What, you mean like your quiz last week where you kept saying, oh, I'm going to give you a lifeline if you don't know the answer? <laughs> Stop. Uh, as I said before. That was you your know? voice, by the way. I'm, I'm pretty good at impressions. <laughs> that was a good impression. It's just like I said in the quiz, you know, it's not my fault. You just don't know your, your, your general knowledge. I mean, how do you I not don't... know how many tins of paint it takes to make, uh, to make purple, paint. purple paint? Or... 
how many how many clanks in Lady Dimitriscu? I mean, it, this is general knowledge. This is schoolboy stuff. Any PlayStation fan could have answered that, apart from me and Spencer. <laughs> exactly. Five or six Jaeger bombs down. <laughs> <laughs> but Davey, mate, what about you? What have you been playing? As I said in episode 10, I just started Ghost of Tsushima, and I got six, seven hours into it at that point. Easy for you to say. I know. Oh, my God. The name just kills me every time. Ghost I'm now 27... 27- of- Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, I will add as well, when I checked the doc right as we started this podcast, it was spelt Tsuishma or Tsuima in the doc, just totally butchered. (laughs) I can't spell or say it, but I'm 27 hours into it and I love it. I absolutely love it. The visuals are breathtaking. They're absolutely gorgeous in terms of landscapes and the vistas. Oh my God. When, when you say love it, and we've just come off talking about God of War, as long as the edit stays in this order, where, where would this rate? Because, you know, God of War was such a big game on PS4, and then Ghost of Tsushima came in quite late into that generation. You know, is, is it on that sort of level? You know, with God of War being an early version, uh, Ghost of Tsushima being a late game? Are they are they sort of sort of maybe level? Uh, it's a fantastic question. It's something I haven't really thought about, actually, in terms of ordering them. Um, I think w- with the PS4, it's got so many incredible experiences. I'd put it on the same level as Horizon, which is still okay. damn high. Yeah, yeah. Um, still damn high, you know? Horizon makes my top five. Yeah, Hor- Horizon's fantastic. And the only thing that's letting it down is the side quests are a bit weak. So it's like the kind of g- generic, there's like three kind of formulas for side quests. So it's either you yeah. go into this building, then you got to track something. You track it, you kill it. Or... You just kill it. And and that's it. You know, there's nothing else to it. There's It's quite shallow in terms of the side quest content, but the actual main story itself is really engaging. Davey, you never played World of Warcraft, did you? No, no. Okay. Only a little bit when you get when I had a free trial. Because I was going to say, you know, when it comes to side quests or basically quests, you know, they, they tend to fall into the same, you know, repetition of go and collect yeah. X amount of this go and visit this point and talk to this person. It just gets a bit boring. But that's not something I've found in God of War. I feel like all the side quests are quite, you know, individual. And I'm really enjoying those, you know. They feel unique. And I suppose the thing about it is we we got spoiled because The Witcher does side quests in such an incredible way. In The Witcher 3, in terms of having every side quest is its own kind of unique story and they all feel really unique, even if the actual act of what you're doing is the same. They feel really memorable, and some of those side quests are better than the main plot. So <laughs> that's that's something that's just crazy to me. Well, we're probably not going to see a Witcher again, are we, though? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I think they'll probably still be developing Cyberpunk for the next 25 years, so we'll we'll have to see what happens with that. But, but that's been the main thing I've been playing. I'm not, I, I think I'm about a third of the way through the game so far, Okay. and I am loving my time with it. I really am. So yeah, apart from that, as I've been reviewing all the different Resident Evil games on my YouTube, I've now been thinking how the hell I'm going to cover Resident Evil 3 because I've already done the remake, so I need to do the original. And there's no way to be able to play that on PS4 or PS5. So I could have gone down into my basement and dug out my PS3 and then downloaded it that way through the PlayStation Store. That's a pain in the ass. My basement is an absolute maze. I'm not going down there. It's just full of baby clothes, baby toys... Baby stuff everywhere. There's, I'm not going down there for the rest of my life. I can help it. That sounds like Resident Evil itself. <laughs> Don't <laughs> it go is. down to that basement, mate. You you should have learned by now. You never go down to the basement. 
I need to make sure I've got a club key, spade key, you know, all these different keys to be able to find all these different And a stuff. fucking shotgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, immediately a shotgun. Yeah, frame one. Yeah, so I decided, no, I'm not going to do that. So I looked online and I bought a PlayStation Classic. And PlayStation Classic is the little mini console that released a couple of years ago to critical disdain. Everyone hated it because the game lo- uh, lineup wasn't the best. I actually thought the time it was a pretty good lineup, to be fair, because it's got Metal Gear Solid on there. And that's all I really want from <laughs> that's it. That's all it needs. Yeah. Your number one game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is of all time. And so I was like, oh, well, it's fine enough for me. But I never bought it. I thought, wait, so it's 25 quid or whatever. But there's actually, the PlayStation Classic has now become one of the best retro consoles that you can own because it's so easy to hack and so easy to put games onto it. There's a massive community that's built up around it now in terms of being able to mod it, put games on, people being able to play Marvel vs. Capcom 2 online. There's loads of different cool things that you can do with it, which is absolutely superb. Now, I've just started dipping my toe in, but I downloaded X-Men Children of the Atom, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Dino Crisis, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 2, and just put them straight on. I've just been playing non-stop Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I tell you what, boys, I suck ass at that game. Really suck at it. But isn't it amazing what's possible when you, you know, open up a system to the community where you can get all these games? I, obviously, I know PlayStation and Sony aren't, you know, supporting <laughs> no. this. No, definitely not. When you open it up to, a, you know, like the PC community, I, I, I'd imagine these are the guys that have hacked it. What's possible? And, and to make a game that's previously not multiplayer online and to rewrite that game? That's incredible. And I tell you what, it runs perfectly. If there is any of our audience that is looking to do a similar thing, then just reach out to me on Twitter and I can just post you the instructions that I use to be able to do mine. And it works seamlessly. It's brilliant. Or if anyone wants one, I'm selling one, but in a range of different colors. So what you need to do is DM me with the games you want on it, plus the colors, and I'll charge you a couple of hundred pound more. (laughs) That's definitely in vogue at the moment. That's so in vogue. Sony will shut you down for a month like that. They'll be on to you straight away for they that. They won't shut us down for like hacking their console, but uh, <laughs> no. they'll shut me down for selling a blue, a blue PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, they would immediately, <laughs> immediately. Come on. So, guys, over the last couple of weeks, I, I've I've done some pre-orders for PlayStation Five games. I've pre-ordered Resident Evil Village, uh, which we all know comes out on the seventh of May, and I've also pre-ordered Ratchet and Clank Rifts Apart which is due for release on the 11th of June. Have you guys pre-ordered any games? Quick answer, no. I've not pre-ordered anything. I'm planning on getting both of those games you've mentioned, but I've not pre-ordered them yet. I'm not even really sure why. Just okay, haven't. okay. Because with with Resident Evil Village, I know there was a lot of discrepancy on price, wasn't there, uh, depending on where you bought it from. I normally just go to Amazon as my like default for buying it, but Resident Evil yeah. was definitely cheaper to be buying it from sort of shop to, and I think that's where, Davey, you bought it, wasn't it? Yes. I don't know how many times I have to say this to you, but Amazon just cannot be trusted with pre-orders. No. What do you mean? They got your PS5 to you on the day, but way later than it should have been, really. You got it like, right at the end of the day. Every single time that we've pre-ordered stuff together... Shop 2, I've always had it a day before. Sure. Shop 2 is amazing. Sure. You always get it a day before. It's bursting. Yeah, it's so good. So Shop 2 for me all the time. Even if it was a little bit more expensive, I'd still go Shop 2 just because they're my... I just trust them. And I suppose that's all it comes down to at the end of the day, doesn't it? To get your pre-order to you on time. Especially when 
like we are, we're all physical. So pre-ordering is actually quite yeah. important. Whereas if you're a digital, what's the point in pre-ordering? I, I don't even see the, the purpose of pre-ordering if you're digital, other no. than just pre-order it the day before so you can download it ready. So it's live at midnight. That's that's the benefit to digital. But people are like, oh, I pre-ordered it. I bought it digital like four months earlier. Like, why? What What's the point? <laughs> like, it literally makes... what? Why? I don't understand that at all. Unless there's some random digital kind of giveaway or something with it. But speaking of, last episode, you kind of talked us through the different versions of Ratchet. Which one did you go for? Base version. I'm, yeah. I'm not about any add-ons when it comes to yeah. digital add-ons. You know, if, if I'm going to buy a Clax edition, I want some sort of figure to go on the shelf. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I get you, yeah. It's like, like exactly like we said last time then. You, you, you've done exactly what I'll be doing. So I've only pre-ordered so far Resident Evil, but I will be pre-ordering Deathloop, Returnal, and I will be pre-ordering Ratchet as well. Okay. So I, I'm going to be doing those three. are going to be my next ones for sure. Let me put this to you. Now I've got a PS Plus account and I can play online. Would you be Would you be up for Back for Blood? Ooh. Oh yeah, I would actually. Because I was very much on the fence with Back to Blood whether to buy it on Steam and play it on PC for free online. Obviously, I'd need to buy the game, which would be <laughs> a cheaper rate yeah, than buying it on PlayStation. But now I have a PS Plus account that eliminates the extra cost of that, where I could just buy the base game and play it with you lads. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I really would. When when does it come out? 18th of June. Oh, great. Oh, that's perfect. So it comes then. after Rapture. That's fine. That is great. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll be very interested in that as well. I'm, I'm a big fan of Left 4 Dead. I'm quite keen for that. Yeah, well, I mean, I was always mugged off because I was PlayStation only with no access to PC. I played Left 4 Dead on the Xbox, uh, my wife's Xbox with her. Really loved my time with it. I remember lending you an Xbox handset so you could go on to Lottie's house and play. Yeah, that's where me that. and Lottie were first getting together, yeah. And um, and yeah, that was one of the games that, that drew us together. And then I suppose the game that, that got us married, I suppose, was probably Diablo 3. Thinking about lending you that handset, did you wash it before giving it me back? That does kind of bring me on to something, actually, talking about Diablo. Diablo 2 recently got shown in terms of the remake that they're doing for it. And so me and my wife are mega keen about playing that. We put so many hours into the PS3 version of Diablo 3 and then PlayStation 4 version. We put probably about 800 hours in across both versions. We absolutely sweated it. We loved it. Are you boys interested in Diablo 2? I Now, just to get this off my chest, I've never played Diablo 2. So I'm really looking forward to going back into it because people say it's the best one. So I am mega hyped about this. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Are you excited about this announcement? I've played it through many times on PC. Like, I don't think it stacks up to Diablo 3, really. I, I don't know what there's... There's obviously a lot of nostalgia here, right? So there was a time and a place yeah. when Diablo 2 came out, and that was very hype. And I don't think Diablo 3 probably launched with the same kind of, you know, opportunities that Diablo 2 did, because I think there was a lot of space around Diablo 2. But no, I, d I don't think it's a game that I'll, pro I'll dip back into as much as I did enjoy it at the time. For me, it... It's, it's probably more dependent on like the price range and such because I loved Diablo 3. I absolutely adored Diablo 3. I've put maybe 500 hours into that as well, similar to you. I'm a lot more excited about Diablo 4 happening, but I would like to visit Diablo 2 because I've also heard it's one of the best. I, don't, I can't imagine it being better than Diablo 3, but 
with shot in it. So I, I remember playing the original Diablo when when we first had the internet. That's going back, so like Diablo is one of the first games yeah. I actually played online. All I remember doing is is kind of ripping people off for their items in the games. Not much changes then, does it? When you saved your character in the original Diablo, you saved it locally. There was no cloud saves in those days. So what you could actually do is is hack that save to give your character whatever sure. you wanted. And we basically loaded into a server with a character that was like the top level. It had all the items. They were all imbued. So they basically had all the sockets for all the um, items. Yeah. Uh, and then someone would come in our server and be like, how the hell did you get that? And we'd be like, well, we're called the imbuner. We can imbue your items. And we said, give us your best item and we'll imbue it. <laughs> Oh no. oh and, no. And that's what we did as kids. Me and my brother, Willard, who's who's been mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, he was involved in all this. And this is oh, what we no. used to do as kids. So yeah. <laughs> no wonder the internet has turned out the way it has. <laughs> it's from it's from your generation starting it off really the internet, is. ruining it for everyone else. Yeah. Thank you. It, it's me. That's why when you see posts where people say, oh, I can't believe this. If you type in your full credit card number, it stars out the last few digits. Don't believe that because it's not true, okay? <laughs> it's like when we told you to delete that folder on your computer called um, System32 because that's completely <laughs> pointless. <laughs> yeah, I didn't fall for that, thank God. But it wouldn't have taken much. It wouldn't have taken much. A little bit more convincing, I probably would have gone for it. But I just don't trust anything you say. And I suppose that's probably the... Uh, the best course of action to take, given the circumstance. That's how a good friendship is built. Zero is. trust. Zero trust. I don't trust you and you don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> a mutual untrust. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Ten years of untrust. Or however many years it's been. More than that. Too many. Too many. Too many. Too, too many. Too many. Too many. I suppose it kind of does bring us on to, if, Phil, if you're not interested, spend a little bit on the fence. What other games are you guys thinking of pre-ordering that have been announced so far? Is there anything else that tickles your fancy? Obviously, Spence, you got Kenner, and I mean, that's your most anticipated game. But anything that's going to surprise us, I suppose, anything that's really tickled your fancy, you thought, yeah, I'm definitely going to chuck one in on that. I just haven't got round to it yet. There was a game that's supposed to be launching, I think, this month that I'd quite like to play. I don't know about pre-ordering. Maybe wait till it's on sale or such. It takes two. And I just know that me and you would have a whale of a time. Yeah. we When we saw that, we spoke about this on the podcast before, I think, when we saw that game, we were really hyped by it. Awkward. It yeah. takes two. You know, to single me out, guys. <laughs> he just got his PS Plus and now he can't play with us. Yeah. <laughs> you buy me PS Plus and you're like, oh, we're going to play a two-player game. You can watch on SharePlay now. That's true. So, you know, you can watch along. <laughs> well, we have fun. <laughs> that's why you really bought me ps plus <laughs> just to antagonize you a little bit what about yourself phil well as i said resident evil ratchet and clank they're in the bag in the basket all paid for uh really looking forward to uh back for blood especially now you guys are on board so i will be buying that on playstation but yeah there's a couple of titles that i'm considering but we might want to talk about that in a later topic when we talk about our recent stream of the playstation state of play so boys, as it has been since the dawn of time, every month, or as I'd rather measure it, every two episodes of MPS We Trust, nice. we get new PS Plus games. And for March, the games that we are going to be getting are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Farpoint, which is a PSVR game, 
Maquette, I think it's pronounced, uh, is the PlayStation 5 title this month. And Remnant from the Ashes on PlayStation 4. Uh, I don't know if you boys are familiar with these titles, but if you are, what do you think? Yeah, so I've done, obviously with Final Fantasy 7, you and me have both played that, Spence. Um, so that's that's yeah, not really too much interest to me, but I'm excited for people that only got PS4 and have not played the game. At least you get a really, really good, stellar experience. One of the best games of last year, actually, for free. Yeah, month, I agree. Which is superb, absolutely amazing. In terms of Marquette, actually, that's the one that's kind of tickling my fancy at the moment. And I hadn't heard of it yeah. until I saw the announcement of the PlayStation Plus games and then started looking into it. And what it is, a first-person puzzler. And the way it works is that it's a big open-world city. When you're in the middle of the city or working your way towards it, everything becomes smaller and you become bigger. So your point of view, so you'll be towering over buildings. And then as you move out towards the outskirts of the building, you become smaller and the landscape becomes bigger. And that's kind of the unique twist of okay. it. Okay. So it might be like a crack in the road if you're looking at it from like a bird's eye view. But to you, if you're right on the edge of the city, that would be like a crevasse. And it looks really, really interesting. It's brand new, launching on PS5, day and date of when it goes on PS Plus. It really interested me. I'm definitely going to give it a go, even though puzzles aren't really my strong suit. The other game that is a bit of a shame that I don't have PSVR is Farpoint, because Farpoint I've heard really, really good things about. And over my lifetime of PS Plus, I've built up quite a good collection of PSVR games now, at this point. Yeah. With like um, Alpha Bravo Team, or whatever the hell it was called, that first-person shooter a couple of months ago that was supposed to be really good. The only one they haven't given away is Astrobot Rescue, which I'm really gutted about because that's, that's the one that people rave about and say is actually amazing. I was going to say, if you guys are you know loyalists when it comes to PS Plus, you probably own every um, PSVR game because they pretty much give them all, all away, don't they? There's not been a triple A game, has there, dedicated to PSVR? Well, Resident Evil 7's on PSVR. That's supposed dedicated. to be Dedicated to vr yeah, that's why i added idea. that caveat because i knew you would go for resident evil because at every point i know you love to just bring up resident evil into this <laughs> podcast Davey. well astrobot rescue apparently is that game apparently it's that good obviously i haven't played it so i have no and i don't know anyone that has played it which is the bad thing about it so i i can't speak but everyone that has played it loves it and there's got to be something there what about the game that's very much like The Matrix, where you have to duck and dive over bullets? Surely that's the big VR game that everyone talks about. Oh, um, Super Hot. Super Hot. Yeah, that's exactly that. Yeah, I've not got a VR. I've just heard people talk about that game, but couldn't remember the title. Super Hot. Yeah, I own Super Hot. Super Hot is brilliant. There we go. I actually really like. It. I haven't finished it yet. I'm only like halfway through, but it is that good. So like immersive. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. When we get the PlayStation bestseller charts every single month. The same like three games are always at the top. So it's always Beat Saber, Super Hot VR, and then Job Simulator. Those are always like the top three. Astrobot's somewhere in the top ten. Doesn't seem to be too much movement to be honest in that in that list because there's not that many titles coming out. But yeah. it is quite nice, even though not owning owning the VR, it's quite nice having them included in PS in the PS Plus collection, just so I can add them to my library. So if I do buy one in the future I've got a library there waiting for me, which is always quite nice. I think it's awesome that they include it in PS um, Plus, because if you own a PSVR, you've already shelled out quite a lot of money for the hardware. So to get the software yeah. for free, well, near enough free, isn't it? You know, with, with the subscription and you get all the other games and you get to play online, as you guys are always banging on. I, I, I think that's huge. 
Yeah, it's very, very good. Considering I have obviously an Oculus, I have to pay for my games. We don't get any for free. Yeah, but you do get to play Half-Life Alex, so kind of because i have an oculus quest as i said kind of not an oculus rift yeah i have to it doesn't work properly but i guess i can yeah and i suppose the last game on there which they're giving away this month like you said spence remnant from the ashes so from what i've seen about that that is essentially dark souls but with guns so yeah. I, I mean i prefer swords over guns but anything kind of dark souls related hell yeah i'll give it a try at the very least like Phil said, we're in a bit of a slug at the moment where we don't have too many releases coming out. So it gives you time to be able to experiment and have fun and see kind of what fits or what doesn't. We might get a Man-Eater. We might get Destruction All-Stars. We'll just have to see and play as we go. As this is my first, I guess, official month of PS Plus, are any of these games multiplayer that we could all play along together with? Because the draw of kind of playing with you guys is much bigger than the freebies of these kind of mini games. Yeah. But if there is a game that we can all play together, I'd very much like to jump on that and maybe include that in a review next week or the week after, I suppose, with with the next episode. It's only Remnant from the Ashes. That's the only multiplayer game of the four. How many how many players can play on that? Is it like Dark Souls where you limited Oh wow. Okay, yeah, we could all give it a go then. I think we kind of need someone else on this podcast because a lot of games we talk about, you need four. So the next Left for Dead, you need four people. There's three of us. We need someone else. So whoever our listener is, do you want to join us and play these games with us? <laughs> Email in psweetrust at gmail.com. Phil, with this being your first month of PS Plus, obviously you're saying about games that we can all play together as a group. But are there any of these games, with most of them being single player, any of them tickling in your fancy? I guess now I've played God of War, I should play Final Fantasy VII, shouldn't I? Because I've never played that game either. I think my PlayStation history, it it doesn't sync with what's popular on PlayStation. Generally, when I buy a game, I buy it on things that I'm interested in, things that relate to me. If I, you know, comics and I I, I don't just go for triple A's because they're triple A's. I don't just go for the biggest games because they're the biggest games, right? And that's, that's totally fine. My thing with this, and Spencer might agree with this actually, is for me, before playing Remake, I think you should play the original. Because Remake, to me is great but the reason why it's great is because of the nostalgia for for the original but i'm never going to get the nostalgia because i'm playing it what so many years later right where everything's moved on as soon as i start playing a ps1 title i'm just going to get blocked by the graphics and the usability it's just not the same experience anymore games have moved on so much and that's why i'm so like i suppose surprised at the experience Spencer's going through with going back through games. Because I think games that came out when we were younger are much harder yeah, they than are. games that come out now. So yeah, they are. if you're a child of PS5 and you're going back and playing PS1 games, they must seem impossible. There's so much, there's so many different kind of like dynamics. There's so many kind of nuances to those games that you just wouldn't understand that are kind of done for you in newer games. Yeah. It's that ambiguity, isn't it? That's Good the word. thing about it. Yeah. Because like newer games, they hold your hand through everything and they and they make sure they've got a well-designed tutorial. Whereas older games, you're just fucking thrown in because they because game design wasn't as good. It was all possible, right? With a PS5, the processor is it's available to do whatever you want. In in older games, you had limitations. And as a gamer, you know, going back to the snares and the master system, you never had a tutorial in a game you were just dropped in 
and you would constantly hit your head against that first level over and over and over and over until you completed it. And that was the way you learned a game. You didn't even have difficulty settings. <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally bang on. And I suppose it's that thing that, that now kids now have it a little bit different because they've got access to free games in Fortnite, Apex Legends, you know, all these different yeah. games, which granted, you know, I'm not going to shit on Fortnite like most people will do. It's a great game. You know, if it was a shit game, it wouldn't be as popular as it is. It is a great game. It's not for me, and it's not my cup of tea, but I'm not going to sit there and say it's a shit game because it's obviously not, you know? Much the same way that Minecraft isn't for me, but it's um, it's still a superb game. Otherwise, it wouldn't have the popularity that it does. I think now the problem is that, well, it's not a problem, but the thing that's different now from when we were kids is that when we were kids, you'd get a game, and that would be your game. Like, you'd have that for months. Yeah. So you had no choice but to get good at it. Whereas now, if someone's got a game and they're shit at it or they don't like it, you can just go and play Fortnite, you know? Games are disposable these days. So you can subscribe to PS Plus and you can get four games a month. Back in the day, you might spend 40, 50 pounds on a game and that was your game. Unless you had a brother, like I did, and you might get two games so you could swap between the two. (laughs) That's what you had to settle with. That seems really lucky, fair play. I remember, as a kid, all the games I played... I'd always, obviously, you get that one game. I The only game I can ever remember was Kingdom Hearts. But obviously, I, I remember having GTA San Andreas. I probably played that game for like a year without getting any other games. I remember getting Devil May Cry 3. I probably played that for about three months. And that, that is your sole game. It's literally, it, it's as if your console can only run that game for that period. Until your dad buys a CD burner and starts going down the rental shop and copying literally every <laughs> game in the rental shop, and then you have the biggest catalogue of games, and then you don't know what to play. Is that something that happened with Not you? Not saying that happened to me, wink, wink, because um, I don't like to incriminate myself on this podcast like Davey does. But yes, that definitely happened to us, and we pretty much owned every PS1 game at a point. That is awesome. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of sleepovers, mate, and uh, a, lo- a lot of good times. And there was no beer, no girls, it was just games. Sounds like our ideal night. It is now, I suppose. We've got girlfriends. So we mentioned earlier in the podcast about VR. Now, it turns out that there was a massive, massive blog post that went up this last week about the new PSVR. Now, we've all been anticipating what Sony were going to do with the PS5 and VR because it's not really intrinsically linked. So there was rumours, obviously, there was going to be a new system for a long, long time. And we finally got the first confirmation of that. So we know, first off, that it's not releasing in 2021. There's a new controller that's going to be inspired by the DualSense. So I imagine that's going to be haptic feedback, not having the light bar on the back, which is what the old VR unit needed to be able to track the pad properly. Single cord, so it's it's not wireless, but it's still a much better setup than the existing VR unit is, which is a whole complex feature of random wires plugged into a little box which plugs into the back of your PlayStation, which now has a load more wires going to the back of your headset. So seems like a better solution, but not quite perfect. However, and this is the thing that really gets me excited, higher resolution and better field of view. Now, on our early episodes of the podcast, Phil, you and me, we said before, we both tried out VR. We tried it out a number of times at different events that we've been to in person. And I was saying before, the resolution always just felt really muddy to me. It was always about like 540p, that's what it felt like. 
And so nothing was ever really crystal clear. And granted, I was hungover to shit. So that definitely had a impact on my experience. I really enjoyed my time when I was in there, except for the, the last demo where I played Gran Turismo, if people remember, and I wasn't actually playing. So I was just in a race car, hungover to all hell. And it was the worst experience you can ever have when you're hungover. But I've always enjoyed my time with it, but always just felt it's not an essential purchase because of how much of a downgrade it was to gaming in general. So this really, really grabs my attention. What are your thoughts on it, boys? Is this the future for you in terms of gaming? For me, I've I've never been someone to sort of own own a PS um, VR um, headset or any of the headsets. I've, I've definitely experienced a couple. As you guys know, and maybe some of the listeners know, I did get to work on the gadget show for a little while and I did to get to you know use some of the technology as it was coming out so Oculus Rift and and PSVR um, we got to test those and sort of give our opinions on the show Um, but no I, I, I totally agree with you Davey you know some of the games that we were like testing with especially Oculus Rift were like Skyrim and that game looks like gash anyway you know and then to try and play that in VR and understand what's going on like you need to play the game normally to actually understand what you're doing in VR. If you get yeah. what I'm saying, we went to that VR bar, didn't we? That we got on a group on, and we, we all tried yeah. HTC Vives, and we all played like random little little games that were on there. Little mini, and that was fun enough. But they always felt like the way that you describe PlayStation Plus games as mini games, they felt like mini games, you know, rather than actual full experiences. And because I don't own a VR unit. I haven't had that full experience that a VR unit would give me. So I'm speaking kind of ignorant on this. And I suppose probably the best person to give a full opinion on it would be Spencer. But I do want to say, if they manage to get this running at 4K or 1440 at minimum, they've got my attention. And as long as it's not £400, then there's potential I could do it, especially as when we were talking about the PlayStation Plus games. I've got a big library there now anyway. So I could just dive in and and play them all. I've always been super tempted to sort of, I say rent um, the Valve Index. What I mean is to buy it on eBay um, for the thousand pounds or just just low of the, uh, just shy of the thousand pounds and then resell it once I've played Half-Life Alex. Because (laughs) Half-Life Alex, that's a triple A VR experience. Yeah. And, you need to play it on the right hardware to experience it to to its full potential, and that's that's something I'm I'm genuinely considering. But outside of Half Life, Alex, there has been zero draw to play in VR. Although there is Portals Two on VR. Would you want to do that though? Like like you you were saying about Skyrim, right? And you got to understand it and stuff like that. Like, Portal would obviously make sense in VR because it's just pointing and shooting, right? And it's just thinking logically then from there. But would you want to just experience that game again, but in VR? Wouldn't you want something new, like a newer experience? Like, especially to justify the price of it? I think that's why I'm pointing towards sort of Half-Life Alex here. Yeah, and if that was, makes sense. If I was going to shell out the money, but I wouldn't keep it because there's no reason to keep it. There's no, there's no progression in the industry, in my opinion. You know, like the games we're getting with PlayStation, fair enough, they're giving them away. That's yeah. that's an added bonus to buying that hardware and maybe the reason to not resell it on eBay. Um but if I if I shelled out the thousand pounds for heart um for, for Valve Index, 
it'll be straight back on eBay as soon as I completed Half-Life Alex. So Spence, you're the one here that actually owns a VR headset in the Oculus Quest. So you've had it for a number of months now. What are your opinions on, yeah. on this? And, and does the fact that Sony are doubling down on their interest in VR, does that appeal to you or not really? Um, I mean, I like it. I like that people are trying to tip their toes into VR a bit more and try and push it further because I, I do really like VR. Um, I'm not really interested in the PSVR itself, even if it's a new model, unless the price was good because I can't imagine it being decent. I imagine it being like at least 400 quid, which to be fair, my headset was also 400 quid. My headset's wireless, a bit better. But the resolution and field of view and the tracking and the games, to be fair, as well, might be better because my headset doesn't actually have that great a library. Uh, I can pl- I can link it to my PC. I have played Half-Life Alex. Granted, not the best experience possible of Half-Life Alex. It's a bit choppy. Uh, and every now and then it just gets really laggy. But sometimes it runs beautifully. It depends on my PC, I think, because obviously it's mostly running off my computer. I don't know. I, 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 want, I want VR to keep being pushed. I do want VR to become a more commonplace thing for video games but i'm not seeing it being anywhere close to triple a games on actual home consoles at the moment considering how sony has sort of treated um, peripherals in the past where they support it for sort of a short generation and then kind of forget about it like I'm, i'm quite encouraged that sony are still pushing psvr yeah i think it's definitely something to that i kind of feel a little bit insulted in a way. Go with me on this walk, listener, okay? PlayStation Vita is the best handheld console on the market, even today, in my opinion. It is superb. It's perfect. It's actually perfect for what it set out to do. Now, in terms of its actual mission goal, I suppose you could say it didn't succeed that in terms of providing console quality gaming on the go. But titles like Killzone Mercenary and Uncharted Golden Abyss proved that it could do what it needed to do if it had the development push behind it. Now, my thing I feel really, really sorry for, for myself and for Vita, is that I wish Sony would put this focus back into the handheld market rather than going into fucking VR. Like, VR, yeah, I can truly see it is the future, right? It is going to be the future of video games. To be able to have like a Star Trek kind of hollow deck, right? That's going to be the future of, of gaming eventually. I just don't think we're there yet. I just want Vita 2. That's all I want. That's literally <laughs> all I want. I think, I think when it comes to VR, you know, Sony have got to be in the conversation, haven't they? Because there's, there's a lot of technology companies that are pushing it when it comes to PC. The thing about it with Sony's VR is that they are market leader at the moment. The PSVR has outsold all the others combined. So it is the most successful... VR headset on the market by quite a margin actually if you look into the numbers which is surprising there's lots of different ways to sort of quantify success and if we're looking at sales then fair enough right but when it comes to quality of games yeah in my opinion playstation doesn't hold that in 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 any way close there is nothing close to half-life alex i would completely agree with you I would 100% agree with you, as is the podcast saying. I definitely would. And I suppose maybe that's the reason why Sony are doubling down. You know, they're market leader. They, the thing that went really successful for them before was the fact that it was such a low cost to entry because you only you already had the PlayStation 4. 
So all you needed was the VR headset, which was what, 350 quid on launch, compared to the cost of a Oculus and everything else at the time, which was like 600, let alone the high-end PC you needed to run it. So it was a much lower yeah. barrier of entry to VR. So now if they can leverage the power of the PS5, which is essentially a kind of mid to high level PC, they can really get some stuff out there. No, no, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm going to go 100%. Like, I can't wait to see what PlayStation do with VR because I think outside of Steam and Valve, they're the second person that's like really pushing this technology. And I would like to see it succeed. You know, we've all seen the lawnmower man. We've all seen, you know, these these VR, you know, imaginations of what's possible, but it's never been realized. Uh, I think you boys personally haven't had the right VR experiences, which obviously alters your judgment because I've played Beat Saber, brilliant game. I've played Super Hot. I've played Half-Life Alex. I just bought The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners which is like a triple-A 18-hour game on VR, dedicated VR game. I haven't played it yet, but it looks amazing. It's it's all about the games you play and the games you try. That's going to judge your opinion. And obviously we're saying VR is definitely the future. It will be. But it won't be if we don't learn more about VR and we don't try to make VR now. Like the PS5 wouldn't be the PS5 now if the PS1 didn't exist back in day. I I 100% agree with you to go back to this point. You know, we said it three times in the last couple of minutes. But over the time that I was working in Gadget Show, I I tried out every version of VR. And I tried out pretty much every game that was on VR. I went down in the metal cage in the shark tank. You know, I, I tried out all the games that were available at the time. But for sure, you know, our... You know, our standpoint needs to be reassessed as the as the technology is progressing. And, you know, I do agree with you. There is a lot more optionality out there. And I have heard a lot about, you know, Beat Saber and those sort of games from a lot of people. So, you know, unfortunately, I don't have the friends who own the technology. So that's probably why I haven't been playing any of it. I suppose just going off your point you just made then, Spence, in terms of you wouldn't have this kind of evolution in game design if you didn't have the previous generations you're completely bang on with that the problem is that we got a choice now and that is the the choice is (laughs) you play games as they are right now or you go vr and the problem is that the quality difference between the two is not on par and so you're not going to find a single game maybe outside of half-life alex but even then half-life alex didn't win game of the year last year you know that was that was last of us too this is the problem until you get to the point where i suppose studios can afford to take the risk like valve can where that money doesn't mean anything to them they could just chuck it on vr and they don't care if it only sells ten thousand copies you know whereas if sony put that amount of money into a game and it only sold you know fifty thousand or hundred thousand copies that would be really unsuccessful for them and that would cost them a lot of money and so until you get studios that have the money to burn potentially on figuring this stuff out and really perfecting it, they're not going to because it's that risk aversion, which is, to be fair, it makes sense. Uh, if it was my money, would I want to potentially waste it into something that's got such a limited market space? Or would I go into the one that sold, like on PS4, 100 plus million units? You know, is is it makes perfect sense. I think the thing yeah, with Valve right. is, right. though, if you want to play Half-Life Alex, you've got to invest a thousand pounds into the hardware. I think with PlayStation titles, you only have to invest three hundred pounds, and then you just get all the all the free games. 
There's a bit of a difference there. Entry there, isn't there? And I think that's why PlayStation has been more successful in the numbers. Um, but ultimately, as we've said, the level of gameplay, although not playing it myself, but Spencer sort of backs it up. You know, Half-Life Alex is at the top AAA. But I think we can all say that we'd much prefer somebody just say, fuck it, and just announce Vita 2. Give us a new handheld, please. I'll tell you what, guys, this week has been nuts in terms of news. Because Jim Ryan, who's head of PlayStation, did an interview with GQ magazine, just completely out of the blue. And in there, he gave loads of news for stuff that's going on in terms of PlayStation. I'm going to read off kind of the key points that were discussed in there. I think it's quite a lot that we can unpack on this. So the first thing is that Gran Turismo has been delayed out of 2021 and into 2022, citing COVID. Then there is the information on the new VR unit, which we've already covered. Then confirmed that Days Gone is coming to PC in spring of 2021, with more announcements of future games to follow in the near future. The Play at Home offer is coming back, which gives players access to Ratchet & Clank 2016 for free on PlayStation 4. Now, as PS5 users, obviously we get that for free anyway, as part of the PlayStation Plus collection. But it means that people who only own PS4 get that for free as well, which is really nice. He confirmed in there that they're confident this year in the release of Ratchet, Returnal and Horizon. The shortages of PS5 are unfortunately going to continue, and that is due to competition with parts, with phones and the, the AMD chips that they're using, which was already well documented, but it was never on the record before. And finally, the record sales of PS5 uh, set the new record for Sony in terms of uh, home console sales, beating the PS4, which was the previous winner, with 87% take-up of that of PS Plus. And one-fifth of the PS5 owners have never owned a PS4, and so they're brand new to the ecosystem. And that is crazy. So... After going through all that and the major points, what stands out to you? Well, I think, obviously, we should go through it in order. So for me, GT, Gran Turismo being delayed, that's a bit crazy. I honestly never really thought that would even happen. No, nor did I. I I literally wouldn't have even thought about that being delayed because it's been shown in literally every single trailer that we've seen for the PlayStation 5. And they've been confident about this like kind of mid-year release. So to see it just suddenly get delayed and it just be in a GQ magazine interview... So random. I couldn't believe it. When I saw it, I, was, I just couldn't believe it that it's, it's gone. It's in 2022. Yeah, it's weird. It's just a weird delay. It just feels strange. Now, granted, Polyphony Digital, who were the developers behind Gran Turismo, famously late. They constantly delay every single game they put out. And unfortunately, what seems to happen with them is that they delay it past the point where it becomes as relevant as it could be, where competitors like Forza implement systems into their games which put it head and shoulders above Gran Turismo so hopefully that doesn't happen this time they do have a lot to prove after Forza's really kind of st- stolen the mantle for the premier racing game so for me and maybe this was something that I sort of tried to predict um, on the last state of play um, was more games coming to PC so it's quite encouraging to hear that Days Gone is going to be coming to PC in spring 2021. I think I think it kind of makes sense obviously Horizon went to PC uh, Death Stranding's on PC but it's Do you different. feel like it makes sense? Because Days Gone is that when you hear the words Days Gone do you automatically think PlayStation? 
for for me Horizon I would I would 100% think PlayStation but Days Gone was it a big enough game to think this is the next title we want to bring to PC Days Gone actually sold really really well even though it had a critical reception which wasn't very good and that was mostly down to the PR team when they sent out the the bills for review they didn't get the newest patch applied to them and so the game was really buggy for reviewers so people really shit on it but it turns out when the public got it it generally was all right and when i played it six months after release it was perfect i loved my time with it really enjoyed it but even though it's not on the same echelon in terms of a, a game as horizon is it's sold enough to warrant having it go on to pc and it not be a smack in the face to playstation gamers which i think is is the key thing you know if you were to put like well we've been saying for ages we think god of war would suit on there but people are going mental on twitter over the fact that days gone is going to pc if you put god of war on there it would be a meltdown personally i think you want to bring games that's iconic to playstation that if I'm not a PlayStation owner, I would have heard all my friends talk about. So I'm talking about God of War. I'm talking about Uncharted. I'm talking about Horizon. I'm not talking about Days Gone. Who's talking about Days Gone? You know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And What the fuck? Like, I mean, come on. Yeah, I can't I, argue that. Yeah, and to be fair, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I think the sooner they can put God of War onto the PC, the better. Because that game has sold as many copies as it's going to sell at this point now. And I'm 100% not saying the newest version of these games. Let's bring the back catalogue to PC. So you're talking like Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 rather than 4. Why not? Bloodborne Why so. not? Let's make that coin. There's two sides to this argument, okay? But I don't think it's an equal argument at all. So the one side is that they'd say, well... It takes away from the fact that you need to own the console, right? Because you can just wait. But the better argument, which is the other side of that coin, is that, like you said, they've milked the ecosystem as much as they can. So if you can get players that haven't experienced that and they play it and they know then, oh, I've got four or five years plus until I can play the sequel, I'll buy a PlayStation for that experience, which is kind of linking into what we were talking about with VR where we don't have the experience there to warrant us to buy it. Whereas if we could see how the other side live and we could somehow test a VR unit, maybe we'd buy one. So it's the same kind of theory with PC to console. The grass is always greener on the other side, mate. You know, if, if I'm able to play what all my friends have been talking about on the hardware I already own, I'm more likely to then think, do you know what? I might buy a PlayStation. Uncharted was sick. There's one big caveat that I would have onto this, which is don't go the Xbox model. Don't ever go day yeah. and date because then you undermine the entire point of you owning that console. If you force that other market to wait three to five years to play your game, then that will encourage sales and also make sure that you still get the most amount of sales possible from that title. I'm not, I'm not sure if I agree on that because it's not a completely level playing field. It's not like Sony have their own operating system, do they, for a PC. It's Microsoft across the board. I can totally understand why Microsoft would bring games to Xbox and they'd also bring them to PC because they own it all. It's not like they're bringing it to Mac. What I think they should really do is kind of just bring a game out on PlayStation. Brilliant. Awesome game. Everyone loves it. 
And then when the sequel's coming out and they announce the launch of the sequel and give it a date, say, and also the original game or the prequel, the original game we made is coming to PC maybe three months prior to the sequel launch just to get the hype, get that extra little player base in. And then when they beat the game, they'll be like, well, I want to play the new one. So you're kind of agreeing on my stance then of leaving it a few years before they dip into the PC market so they can build that buzz again. Kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, but like... But like time it for the next release. Makes sense. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart in my opinion. I get it, but at the same time, Sony's been selling games for years, right? They obviously know where the drop-off point is off a AAA title that they've invested a certain amount of money into. So why not bolster those sales with PC sales? I'm not talking, you know, in the first three months, but it might be in the first six months or the first year that they then release it on PC and make it available. Thing is then, six months isn't long to wait, is it? You can quite happily say, oh, wait six months. Like, for example, if you think about Shadow of the Tomb Raider, right? That was Xbox exclusive for a year. No one bought it for a year because they knew, oh, it's coming to PlayStation next year. It's fine, I'll wait, right? Whereas if it's like three or four years or no set date and it just shadow drops, that's a different kettle of fish. That's then at the point where you think, right, well, I've got no choice, right? If they said, oh, coming to PC in 2024. Then you'd be like, oh, well, do I? am I desperate to play it? No, I'll wait, right? Whereas if they don't announce it at all, and they just say, oh, by the way, spring, Days Gone's coming, which was, uh, you know, out two years ago. It's coming in spring. Then people be like, oh, sick. Okay, I'll, I'll pick it up then when I can. But the people that would have been really interested in it and wanted it would have already bought it on PlayStation. What you want to do is when you release a game is kind of like make it part of being added value to something else you're trying to sell. So if I'm PlayStation, I'm trying to launch a platform, right? I'm trying to come out and I'm kind of saying, here's the new version of Steam, but it's a PlayStation version of Steam. Join my platform. You can have God of War. You've never been able to play it on PC, but you have to join my platform. And then you're selling your platform. And then you can sell all the other games on that platform. And then you're making money because you have the draw to go to that platform. That makes perfect sense. The only thing you're forgetting is this is Sony. And so their <laughs> software isn't the best. So in terms of in terms of their actual UI, Christ, I can't even add trophies onto the UI into the onto the quick access menu yet. You know, there's no chance of that. The PlayStation Store is only just usable now. And it's the best on the mobile app. It's not even the best on PS5. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. That's so true. what they need to do is get those lads that made Marvel vs. Capcom online, hack, bring them in, <laughs> and sort out the back I office. I totally agree with you. Seriously. And team up team up with them and the people who did Slippy for Melee and just make the best kind of experience possible. What I also found really kind of telling in Jim Ryan's interview is he says that they're confident the release of Ratchet Returnal Horizon. There's no mention of God of War 2 in there. Now, well. we've got a habit on this podcast of being completely wrong when it comes to release dates and predictions. Okay? We're, we're literally, other than State of Play, which we'll get into next on the next topic, before this, we were literally zero. Right? Big fat zero. And we've made a lot of predictions. <laughs> And we have made a lot. <laughs> yeah, we are. have. We've made a lot. Now, the odds know, are, the odds are Surely, with us, like. Yeah, I know. They should be, right? 
And I've been saying, and we've all kind of been in agreement on this, that God of War, there's no way it's coming out in 2021. Absolutely no chance, right? Jim Ryan, his language there would be chosen. That would have gone through a PR filter. There's no way in hell he's just not going to, to include God of War in that. There's obviously a reason why he hasn't included it. It is not coming out this year, boys. I could not agree more. I feel like he may as well have just not mentioned Ratchet Retorn Horizon instead of just said, so Gran Turismo was delayed, God of War, yeah, 2023, yeah. Uh, it's not coming out. It's no shot. We knew. We all said, we all said there's no chance it's 2021. And he basically confirmed it. He literally confirmed it. If it does, by some miracle, come out December 2020, uh, December 2021, I will be amazed. So the last thing on there, which I think is really, really interesting. The record sales of PS5 with 87% take up on PS Plus. And most importantly for me, this is the thing that shocked me. A fifth of PS5 owners never owned a PS4. So they were brand new to the ecosystem. It's nuts to me. That's absolutely insane. I'm not so surprised with these numbers. I think the uptake on PS Plus, I think it's pretty obvious, right? Because there's not many games available on PS5. So you would take up PS Plus to get all these additions, to get what what was the shark game you're playing? You know, like Manita. Man you know, yeah. like to get all these other games and to you know, you've got to fill your time. You you've just spent, what, four, five hundred pounds on this console. You need some games to play. So why not have PS Plus at this moment in time? It's not like I don't want PS Plus because I've got a shit ton of games to play. It's true. And I mean like granted by force, if Phil now has PS Plus it's got to be going up. There's got to be reason, you know. Everyone's so you, getting you it now. falsely inflated those numbers by buying me a copy of PS Plus. <laughs> we might have done. What do you think that kind of tells in terms of the Xbox ecosystem? If a fifth of the new players never owned a PS4 and the PS4 sold like, what, 112 million? Doesn't mean they're Xbox owners, though, historically, if they're now moving to PlayStation, does it? They might be young people that have never owned a console, mate. This yeah, this might be true, their first true. console. Like those like metrics, you, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if they're first time owners. They've never owned any other console. You're just assuming that they're Xbox or Wii or uh, PC guys. <laughs> Wii. I have insider information there. My nephew had his first console for Christmas. He had an Xbox. Poor bastard. So this, that, Series X. And my friend, who was an Xbox user last generation, got a PS5 this time. Granted, he did also get a Series X, but he did admit to me that all of his time is being spent on his PlayStation We've 5. We've all got to start somewhere, haven't we? You've got to see the light once. True. As soon as you see the light, you're, you're in the ecosystem then, and that's it. You're done. So I feel sorry for your friend having an Xbox because he's got nothing to play literally nothing like we're complaining about our lineup they got the medium and that's it you know i mean a seven out of ten game jesus that i can play on my pc it's fucking grim it's fucking (laughs) grim i feel really bad for them they should have had halo like halo would have been absolutely it would have been a really close competition then between (laughs) playstation and xbox but jesus christ but haven't they got that game what cyber cyberpunk that's that's a big (laughs) game for xbox isn't it Jeez. Oh, Christ. So, boys, as we mentioned earlier, 
we all did a live stream yesterday watching the state of play. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to list off what was shown and then we'll have a little discussion. So firstly, they showed off Crash 4 on the PS5, which for some reason I didn't anticipate, but yeah. Uh, then they showed Returnal. They showed a bit more gameplay. They showed a first-person view as well. That was really cool. They showed a dodgeball game. Then they showed Sifu, which was the only brand new game reveal they showed on the PS5. Then they showed Solar Ash, Five Nights at Freddy's, Odyssey Soulstorm, Kenner Bridge of Spirits, Deathloop, and FF7 PS5 patch. And before we get into what we think of those announcements, I earned two Jaeger bombs to give away last night on the stream. So I'm going to give you boys one each. How did you, before you, before we take this punishment, how did you earn those Jaeger bombs? Basically, the rules were we had two safe predictions of what were going to be shown in the showcase and then one balls-to-the-wall wild prediction, which personally I think should have been worth more if it got announced. So glad it didn't. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're lucky. So, so what were your predictions then, Spence? My predictions was because obviously the GQ article just happened. I, I figured they'd show the VR, the new PSVR two. My other safe bet, Kenner Bridge of Spirits date release date, and then my balls to the wall wild one. For some reason, I think it was actually quite safe. Not gonna lie, was an FF seven PS five patch or release. These are my predictions. My predictions okay. were they were going to show gameplay and a date. For Horizon, a God of War trailer, <laughs> and a kill. My balls to war one was Killzone reveal. I think yours are madder than mine. Yeah, <laughs> mine were fucking insane. nuts in hindsight. Absolutely nuts in hindsight. Especially after the the, the fucking Jim Ryan interview that I read, so I knew <laughs> that he hadn't even mentioned God of War. I was still like, nah, they'll show it. They'll fucking show it. <laughs> so certain as well. So certain. I was in my safe. So, uh, so yeah, I got zero for three. And Phil, yours? Uh, my predictions were that we were going to see a themed PlayStation or some sort of like customization to uh, like like uh, our PlayStation Five. So potentially, it could have been a Ratchet and Clank version of PlayStation Five. That's crazy. crazy. You say that was the crazy. I thought that was the safe one. I thought we were going to see crazy. more PlayStation no Fives out in the world. And nobody can possibly. I know. I know. I know. Potentially, it could have been themed with Ratchet and Clank because that's their major game that they're releasing. Anyway, my kind of in the middle one, which I didn't know if it was safe or I didn't know it was crazy. I wanted to hear more games come into PC. Obviously, I didn't know the the Jim Ryan Days Gone one, which it means nothing to me. I I would have thought a bigger title may have potentially come to come to PC. I thought we knew that anyway, didn't we? We knew Days Gone was coming to PC before. Yeah, we did. We did. But And my crazy one was Vita 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my handheld. My next handheld. That that was my crazy prediction. So, yeah. Three. Zero out of three for me. So, congratulations, Spencer. Is yeah, it? Thank well you done, much. Spence. You broke the curse for the podcast. So, you might be the prophet that we all have to go to for our wishes and hopes and dreams with PlayStation. So... I need you, before you go to bed tonight, and now every night until it gets announced, to pray to the PlayStation gods for Vita 2, because I want that to happen. And while you're there, put a PS on it, Resistance 4, please, and just literally, just, 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 that's all you'd say at the end of it. Do a big, long speech about Vita, 
And then top it off, PS God, PlayStation God. Announce Resistance 4 and stop Insomniac just fucking tweeting pictures of Chimera every two days with no, no news for us to go off. I'll tell you now, mate, if that works out and that happens, and I'm praying for it every night, Resistance 4 will be the PS Vita launch title. I don't know if I'd be happy with that or not. You wouldn't. I want, I want wouldn't. it on PS5. Exactly. That's how it'd go. All right, don't muddy the waters. Vita's too. Let's just keep it Vita and, and for me, Spence, you just want to predict sort of six numbers between, you know, one and maybe 49. <laughs> if you can just, like, send me those, that that would be really good for me, you know. I, I, you know, some, sometime, sometime next week could be good. All right. Should we do our shots now then, Phil? Chin chin. Chin chin. Yeah, I don't like I don't it. know if that was better or worse than the Eager Bomb, to be honest. Actually, I think it was better. That was all right. Before we move on, we did also have another competition, didn't we? We all predicted how long the state of play was going to be. I predicted 30 minutes. Davey, I think you predicted 40 minutes because you couldn't go the same as me and sit on the fence. And Spence, what was your prediction? 50 minutes. 50 minutes. So, I think you boys both need to take a shot. Both? You only got one. one. I got it right. You got it wrong. You got one one thing right. You get one shot to give. Spence, isn't it? Spence. Spence, join us. Join us. One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. Don't have any energy drink or anything or a shot glass. Just do it shot. Do it from the bottle. Come on. Three fingers, mate. Come on, big man. In PS We Trust does not endorse peer pressure. However, as stated previously on the podcast, it is super effective. And we partake in it every time we drink. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Gotta think of how much I fucking wanna swallow. Come on, champ. Just get it down here. What? Two fingers? Two fingers is enough, right? To be fair, Spencer's got fat fingers, hasn't he? <laughs> think about Think about Yeah. That's two that's fingers. Shot, right? That's a fair shot. Yeah. Fat fingers. Fam, just, that's I'd, say, I'd say one finger. One yeah. finger. One finger? Mate, yeah. I wouldn't even say one finger for a shot. These are big bottles. One finger. You're in your prime, Spence. You're in your 20s. You can I don't do give a fuck if I'm in my prime. <laughs> I'm good. I'm drinking tomorrow night. I'm good. <laughs> Aren't we all? Just stick to your one finger, Spence. That's fine. <laughs> one finger. <laughs> good lad. That's way better than with the energy drink. Let's it see. Is way better. It gets worse though. Yeah. Over time. It originally is fine, isn't it? Let's see on the bottle. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. The lid doesn't work. Where, really. Where's the black mark you put on his fence? Where's your finger? At the bottom, what you say? Holding it up. <laughs> so not, so not enough. This letter. Yeah, only half a shot there, isn't it? I was only Maybe halfway on your finger. Let him off. Let him off. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. So, boys, we've we've all had our shots. What are your boys' overall opinions, and what stands out to you from this state of play showcase? Well, when we concluded our live stream, we gave it a vote. And my vote was the highest out of all of us. So I gave it a 5 out of 10. And the reason for that, my rationale, is that the first half of the showcase to me was boring. Apart from Returnal, which I'm already sold on, there was nothing else that really appealed to me. Even Abe. I don't really care too much about Abe, to be honest. Like, I know he's a PlayStation icon in terms of the original PlayStation 1. Not really my cup of tea in terms of games. But as soon as we got into the latter half and we got the announcement of that new... Basically, a game which looks like The Raid, 
in Sufu, when we got that and we got Kenna, Deathloop, and FF7, more than hyped with that. And that was enough to give it a 5 out of 10. Obviously, my expectations were really high on this, and that's to my own detriment. So I shouldn't have gone in thinking they're going to show Horizon <laughs> and God of War and all this crazy nonsense. But 5 out of 10, I'm quite happy with that rating. For me, I think I went in and I lowballed it as I as I normally do with these things because there wasn't much there for me. Final Fantasy being the AAA that they showed, the rest of them, I wasn't really interested in, to be honest. You know, like Returnal, I think there is a bit of substance there. Uh, as well as Odyssey Soulstorm. And I think that probably has no, some nostalgia attached to it, for me anyway. But now I have PS Plus. Potentially that's a game I'll play. Um, but yeah, I was very much, what, 3 out of 10. There was 9 titles talked about in that state of play. And it, yeah, there, there wasn't a lot for me, personally. Yeah, that's 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 fair enough. Obviously, I met you boys in the middle. I gave it a 4 out of 10. I quite enjoyed seeing Returnal. Uh, Sifu actually looked really good. I'm very, very, very confused how the combat's going to work in that game because it looked so intricate. It looked insane. The guy was pulling out moves out of his ass. I don't know how that happens. But obviously, we saw Kenna. I, you know, you boys know I won. I won Kenna, but got delayed. So I was going to ask you, what are your thoughts on that? It's gone from August to being less than like 33 days away. It's bullshit. I'm hoping it's to improve the game. I was going to say, did we get any info on why they delayed it? Or was it just, it's a delay? It's just a delay. I'd assume it's just not ready yet. I kind of mean on like social more than the state of play, because we obviously all watched the state of play and they didn't mention why they delayed it. But did was there anything out on socials about that? No, I don't think so. Not as far as I know. Terry, it does look stunning though, doesn't it? The way that grass all like forms in. It's the colour, mate. It's the colours. It's beautiful. And what is also really good news is that since the state of play concluded, the developers have come out and said it's actually being priced at $40, which is really nice. When you say it's going to be launched at $40, is that going to be £40 in the UK? I know primarily our podcast goes out to sort of, you know, United Kingdom listeners. Is that going to be £40? I imagine so. Unfortunately for us in the UK, they've kind of fucked us over because our currency is worth more than the dollar, and yet we have to pay dollar price, yeah. which is a damn shame. So we end up paying dollar equivalent of like $84 for our games, based at £60, which is just insane. And launching at 40 does that mean that's going to be a, a PS like download, or is that going to be a physical thing that you can buy in um, the shops? It's physical as far as I know. It's it's nice that it's cheaper than most games. It is really nice. I do appreciate it. But it ju- it does make me worry that I'm not going to get that AAA experience that I want from Kenner. I was immediately going to say that, you know, when when a game is priced at that lower sort of, you know, section, it, is it going to be that full experience? Are you going to get yeah, exactly. that, that full game? Or are they saying, you know, it's, it's going to be a reduced experience because of the price? I mean, judging from what we've seen so far, I would say there's no reason to worry. I, I really would. I mean, granted, it's probably going to be a smaller experience, probably be like an eight-hour experience, like Miles was. I'm quite happy with that. You know, I don't like games to hang around. And if a game's got a story to tell and it can wrap it up in eight hours and it's nice and tidy, no bother. 
Nothing worse than a game outstaying its welcome. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I completely agree. I just hope it's more a term of it's 40 quid because the length is short rather than it's 40 quid because we haven't implemented this mechanic, this mechanic, these systems, what the PS5 is capable of. If the game length is short, perfect. I love an eight-hour game. I'll happily beat anyone sitting. I love doing that. It's amazing. But what you don't want to do is get into the territory of having a PS5 game that's pretty much a PS4 game, but it's not launched on PS4, and they're putting it on PS5 because that's the the generation the majority is now moving towards. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a difficult situation, isn't it? Like, as much as I agree with you, this is obviously the new generation. They're going to want to be making games for this. It's not the smart move to be doing that because the new market physically can't move to the PS5 because the consoles don't exist. They're not there. It would be way, way, way smarter to just keep making games for the PS4. So the other game that really piqued my interest, and I know I mentioned it right at the start of the podcast with talking about the pre-orders, is Deathloop. Now, I'm a massive fan of Arcane, so seeing them show off the game and the gameplay, and it look exactly the same to me as Dishonored does, piqued my interest to next level. I literally went from being 50% in on this to being a hundred percent in i cannot wait did we find out what type of game it is because i think one of my comments was that it looked like one of those games that maybe there's 10 levels and 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 your objective is to run through those levels in the best way to get the highest score and to kill the most enemies to do it in the most kind of elegant way is it is it that type of game kind of yeah so there's eight targets for you to kill and if you kill them all you complete the death loop but if you fail one or if one gets away, then the death loop restarts, right? Now, they don't describe it as being a roguelite. So they they describe it as being an action-adventure game. The way I think it is, it's basically just a case of just a fail state. You just restart. Now, in terms of abilities and things like that, you'll probably will make gradual progress towards unlocking additional abilities, which makes it more similar to a roguelite. But the developers aren't putting it as that which kind of throws me off because it does sound an awful lot like a roguelite maybe there's some sort of negative connotations to roguelites these days uh, where they don't want to be like put in that box where they're trying to be something bigger than a roguelite you know like i think when you think about roguelite games generally they're they're much on a smaller scale. So if they're trying yeah. to hit that kind of AAA title price range, they want to be action-adventure. They don't want to be roguelike. And especially is if it's got the same kind of gameplay systems as Dishonored, which it certainly looks like it does, then there's going to be so much freedom in terms of how you move about that environment, how you kill those enemies, how you take individual encounters in completely different ways, depending on if you're stealthing, going balls to the wall. You know, There's going to be so many different elements to it let alone the fact that there's either an AI-controlled person who's got the same abilities as you after you, or if you want to, you can play it as two-player online, so you've got another player who's got the same abilities as you trying to ruin your death loop. So that's another kind of element to it. So it is really interesting, and that's kind of what gets me so amped up about it. Sorry, to argue Phil's point, as far as I know, Returnal is a roguelike and is AAA. So it's not that they can't really be one in the same. So when I think of a roguelike, I'm thinking, you know, of a lower priced offering. I'm not thinking of that sort of triple A title. So I'd probably go along the lines to say, you know, Returnal is one of the first 
um, AAA roguelike games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you bang on. Normally, you're thinking about titles like Rogue Legacy or Dead Cells. And so to see it be done for 60 or $70 now, which is the case for Returnal, is interesting. And I know that gets a lot of people worried, but we'll have to see. And I suppose Deathloop, I'd like to learn more about it. I would like to learn more about it, but it's got my pre-order regardless. Hopefully you guys will get sold on it if we do get some extra information. So lastly, lads, on that state of play, the Final Fantasy VII news. Spence, you've played Final Fantasy VII, same as myself. Yep. Did this news mean anything to you? It meant that either I can wait until part two comes out and play an enhanced version, so I'm not exactly playing the exact same thing, or... I can finally go for my Platinum, which is very, very, very nice. I'm kind of on the same line as you. It depends on... Obviously, we know when it's coming out now. It's coming out August, isn't it? Yeah. It will be nice to kind of go back into it. But if I've got a lot of stuff on the backlog, chance I was going to get missed until part two, same as you. Exactly how I feel. Unless the Yuffie DLC, they kind of showed the Yuffie episode is breathtaking or like just good. It gives me more hype. Like I'll, Obviously, I'll play the DLC with Yuffie. And then if it makes you want to replay the game, maybe I will. But otherwise, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably just sit on it and wait. So one of the questions that came up during the stream was, which PlayStation launch lineup do you think was the best? So I went away, did a bit of research for you guys. And in the shared document, I've listed out all the different launch titles for PS1, PS2, PS3, PS Vita, PS4, and PS5. It's a long list, right? But what I'm going to say is we probably want to take a turn each and we'll go through, we'll quickly name them, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go back, we'll talk about each section individually, pick out some highlights, maybe talk about the games that you bought at the time, and then we'll assess our favourite overall. Are you down for that, guys? Yeah. Sounds great to me. Before we get into our opinions, on our Twitter, I tweeted out asking what the public thought was their favourite PlayStation launch lineup. Would you boys like to know the results? Let's go. What are your guesses? What do you think the public thought? Well, considering PS1 and PS2 weren't in it, I'm I'm, going to go PS3. Okay. Davey? This is for a shot. If one of you guess it right, you get to give out a shot. People are dumb, so I reckon people are going to say PS4. Oh my god, it's PS4. I get to give it out. You get to give it out. Go on, Spence. Oh, it's me. Yeah, another finger, mate. <laughs> Why is it me? <laughs> Phil's managing this topic. So, totally, uh, I think Spencer thought that was going to me then. Come I know on. he did, he did. He yeah, did. of course he did. What he doesn't realise is he fucked me over at the end of that quiz. Phil didn't fuck me over. Phil just got the answer right for his own birthday. Spence fucked me over. He so sees this rivalry, doesn't he? He sees this rivalry between me and you and he <laughs> thinks, do you know what, I'll fuel that. I'll play him off each other. Yeah. Man, that fish shot hit me, man. That- while Spencer takes his finger, I'll go through the PS1 launch titles. So we had Air Combat, Battle Arena Toshinda, ESPN Extreme Games, The DNA Imperative, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Power Serve 3D Tennis, The Raiden Project, Rayman, Ridge Racer, Street Fighter the Movie was a game. <laughs> Jesus. What Jesus. the hell? Total Eclipse. Well, have you never tur- played it? No, that's probably the Street Fighter game I didn't play. Total Eclipse Turbo and Zero Divide. I'm on PS2 then, am I? You go PS2. You got PS2. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. 
So I've got a massive list. So strap yourselves in, make yourself a sandwich, grab a cup of tea. We're in for a long one here. All right. Armor Core 2, Dead or Alive 2, Hardcore, Dynasty Warriors 2, ESPN International Track and Field, ESPN X Games Snowboarding, Eternal Ring, Evergrace, Fantavision, Gun Griffin Blaze, Kesson, Madden NFL 2001, Midnight Club, MotoGP, NHL 2001, Orphan, Scion of Sorcery, X-Ball Billards Master, Ready to Rumble Boxing Part Round 2, Ridge Racer 5, Silent Scope, Smuggler's Run, SSX, Street Fighter EX3, Summoner, Swing Away, Tekken Tag Tournament, Time Splitters, Unreal Tournament, Wild Wild Racing, and X Squad. Christ, that is a list, isn't it? Spence? Fucking ridiculous. You up, son. PS3. Right, so for the PlayStation 3 launch lineup, we had Blast Factor, Call of Duty 3, Genji Days of the Blade, Madden NFL 07, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, brilliant game by the way, Mobile Suit Gundam Crossfire, NBA 07, NBA 2K7, didn't think those would be different, Need for Speed Carbon, Resistance Fall of Man, Ridge Racer 7, Tony Hawk's Project 8, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 07, and Untold Legends Dark Kingdom. I've got the easy one, I've got PS Vita, with Gravity Rush, Little Deviance, Frobisher Says, Uncharted Gold, Golden Abyss, and Wipeout 2048. David? PS4, we're talking Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, Battlefield 4, Blacklight Retribution, Call of Duty Ghosts, Contract, DC Universe Online, FIFA 14, Flower, Injustice, Gods Amongst Us, Ultimate Edition, Just Dance 2014, Killzone Shadowfall, Knack, Lego, <laughs> Knack, Lego Marvel Superheroes, Madden NFL 25, NBA 2K14, Need for Speed Rivals, Resogun, Sound Shapes, Super Motherload, Trine 2, Complete Edition, and Warframe. Last up, PS5, Spencer, hit me. Alright, I got you, mate, I got you. So first off, we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Astro's Playroom, Demon's Souls, Destruction All-Stars, which never actually was on launch, not gonna lie, Dirt 5, DMC5, Godfall, brilliant game, Madden NFL 21, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Sackboy A Big Adventure, and lastly, Watch Dogs Legion. It's a hell of a lot of games there. So what I want to do, guys, let's, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to PS1. Take it back to the 3rd of December, 1994. What game Jesus. did you buy? Spencer, I don't think you bought any PlayStation 1 games. When did you join us? I was minus four years old. Minus four, <laughs> Christ! <laughs> when when did you join Jeez. us in the in, in, in PlayStation? I had a PS2. PS2. I had a PS1 as well. I did have a PlayStation One as well, which I loved. I played Epic Mickey the shit, not Epic Mickey, Mickey's Wild Adventure sure. the shit. I loved that and Aladdin <laughs> and such. But PS2 was my main, which I got when it came about. Yeah, when you bought you it. Know? Davey, did you have a PS1 and? If so, what games did you initially buy? Did you did you get it on launch? No. So when the PS1 launched in 1994, I would have been five. So I was playing my Sega Mega Drive at the time. So I didn't get a PlayStation until a year after launch, I believe. In terms of its launch games, the first game I remember playing on my PlayStation 1 was a game called Psychic Force, which was a beat-em-up with probably the best intro of all time. 
It's an anime brawler in a square, basically just like a, an actual square battle arena. And it's basically Dragon Ball. Um, but you just shoot fire at each other. And that was the first game that I remember owning for my PlayStation 1. I didn't own any of these games. And even by the time that the generation wrapped, I still don't own any of these games. Now I own Rayman because I got the PlayStation Classic, but I've never even played it. But I know my wife has a real a real love for Rayman. She loves the original. That was her first game she played. But for me, no, none. What about you, Phil? You were obviously 42 when the PlayStation 1 launched. So for me, I remember going into Electronics Boutique in Bristol, actually, and, and doing the research, um, considering the games we bought. We bought Rayman and Tekken, which I did a bit of research on, and that didn't release until the following year in 1995. So I, I, I'm not sure I actually bought it on launch, uh, the PS1. I must have bought it in 1995. Yes, yeah, fair. I suppose the thing is, until we get to PS3 generation, we weren't working, were we? We were in school. So, you know, you, you just get consoles when you're kind of giving them for birthdays, Christmas, that kind of thing. You can't really be like, oh, I'm going to do my paper round <laughs> for the next 10 years in advance. Can I get paid 10 years in advance, please, my paper round so I can buy a PS1? You know, it just doesn't work that way. So, And to be fair, we probably, like, we wouldn't have had the internet in those days. We wouldn't have known when things were coming no. out, you know? Like, no, like, that's true. Other than TV adverts. Yeah. yeah. As a kid, you wouldn't buy things on launch as, as much as you do these days anyway. I remember getting Final Fantasy VII, and it was platinum. It was in the platinum edition. So it had obviously been out for a number of years by the time I got to it. I had no idea. I had no idea it even existed at the time. That's the crazy thing about it. And I just bought it. I thought, oh, this looks cool. My friend recommended me to play this. Bought it platinum for 20 quid, which is what the platinum was back then. Sure. And I was just like, wow, this what a great experience, you know? Let alone it was like probably three years old by that point, you know? Weird, weird times. Crazy to think about now. Rayman being a launch title, I actually have a little story about Rayman. Okay. Oh, go on. It's nothing to do with PS1, sorry to say. Actually, it kind of is. Basically, I remember when I was a kid, my dad was reading newspaper and I'd sit next to him and I'd read it with him. And there was a little ad in the newspaper, or I say ad, it was like a coupon thing, where you could take this coupon to a shop, God knows what shop, and they would give you a free copy of Rayman on the PS1. What, from a paper? Christ. Yeah, from the newspaper. Fucking hell, it's like the most busted coupon I've ever heard in my life. Normally you get, like, what, free entry on the back of a cereal box to Alton Towers, let alone a free game on the PS1. And games were expensive back then. Yeah, this is granted. This is probably a few years. This was before I owned a PS One, but it was probably a few years after the PS One. Well, you were alive, so, and I was alive, cognizant yeah, exactly. enough to know this coupon. So it was probably what, like two thousand and five. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I was young. I was young. But basically, I got the coupon, and um, we went to the shop. I got the game. I didn't own a PlayStation One, so I was like, "Can we just get it?" I was like, "Dad, dad, dad, dad." Dad, it's Rayman. Can I just get it and see if it works in the computer? <laughs> and it didn't. But I got Rayman for free. I never got to play it, <laughs> but I got it for free. So next up, we've got the PlayStation 2, which launched in Great Britain in November 24th of 2000. But also, it launched earlier in the United States in October 26th, same year. Did either of you guys get PlayStation 2 on launch? 
because I remember myself, we actually managed to buy it in the States, and the launch title we bought with it was Street Fighter EX3. Well, I didn't get it at launch, but my friend did. So a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned to you guys about my friend Kellett and how I smashed his game up, his fireman game, with a baseball bat because he accidentally cracked one of my game cases. Well, we stayed friends for a long time after that, and he got a PlayStation 2 on launch. So we spent countless hours playing Time Splitters, and I absolutely loved it, and it sold me on the PS2 immediately. I ended up getting my PlayStation 2 a year after launch, around the same date as Metal Gear Solid 2, because obviously, as we all know on this podcast, a massive Metal Gear Solid fan, Metal Gear Solid 1 was my favourite game of all time. So I needed a PlayStation at that point. Now, what's crazy is that my launch titles I bought were Time Splitters, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, and Grand Theft Auto 3. Those were the games that I bought with my... which are just absolutely just genre-defining games. The game I bought the PS2 for, which was Metal Gear Solid 2, I didn't play until four months after it came out because I couldn't stop playing GTA 3, which is nuts. Which is nuts, especially for me, where I found an old diary... Uh, a few years back, actually, in my parents' house. Sorry, going off. Pack a lunch. I found an old diary, a horrible histories diary, right? And in there, I had me documenting me beating Metal Gear Solid on every single difficulty, which is nuts. That's like one shot dead. And I completed it. Well, we, did, we didn't have trophies in those days, so you had to write in your diary. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. I remember Brett, who's a friend of the podcast, a friend of the show, he used to have on Dreamcast, he has a diary of his Worms wins to losses when he used to play Dreamcast online. And it was a physical diary. And he used to just mark every win against every loss. That's crazy. That's, That's what we had to do back in the day, Spencer. Yeah, Spence. You, you, you're not used That's to this, man. mad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's weird, right, boys? Because I, I like, as much as I am the way later generation, my first console was a Dreamcast. And I did play... The first few consoles, I just played them late because they were my brother's hand-me-downs. So I'm not... I'm beyond the multiplayer aspects, I suppose. We didn't have, like, our own PCs or anything like that. It was like a family computer. Or I didn't have one. I did. So it was like... Oh. Well, yeah. I it was, didn't. It was uh, like, we had a family computer. Yeah. And so it was like everything was pen and paper. So it was just the easiest way to notate what you were doing. Like, in my Horrible History Diary, I got all my Tekken combos. Oh, Tekken Tag Tournament's another one I bought on launch actually, on PS2. I had that on the launch of my console as well, Tekken Tag Tournament. And that game, no kidding you, I'll fuck anyone up in the world in that game. I'm actually godlike on that game. Actually godlike. Davey, PCs of 2000 aren't what you're on now. <laughs> Very much different. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know, but you could still, you could still pull up a note. You could still put a Word document. Yeah, if you had, if you had the right processor and the amount of RAM you needed to bring up a notepad. <laughs> <laughs> if you, did you, did you boys ever if you could use, afford that? Did you boys ever use Game Winners? Gamewinners.com. No, no, no. What's that? I remember I cleaned my house. Oh, I cleaned my room the other day because obviously I got rid of my my bunk bed and I put <laughs> my double bed in. And I I found a really really old sheet of paper from maybe like 2006, from my PS2 days, maybe maybe 2005 of GTA San Andreas, just a list of the cheats. <laughs> nice. You printed out. That's class. Yeah, that I printed out. That is class. So yeah, so for me out of that in, out of that total list, even though I got it a year later. 
the games for me were Tekken Tag Tournament and Time Splitters. Those are the two that I had at that entire list. Hell of a list, isn't it? So, Spence, did you get any of these? I had a PS2, but I'm not sure exactly when I got it. I remember, I think, for the year I got it, it was a birthday present where my nan had put some money in as well. So my my parents and my nan combined got me a PS2. And I'm looking through the list now, and honestly... I don't think I had a single one of these games. Maybe Time Splitters, but if I did, I can't remember it. So moving on, we have PlayStation 3, which came out in Great Britain March 23rd in 2007 and came out in the US in November 17th. I actually bought this console on launch in the States, but unfortunately, I didn't buy Resistance for the Man. That's fucking crazy. And I didn't buy Tony Hawk's Project 8, which again is a stellar game, in my opinion, if we're looking at that launch title list. What did you buy? They were both sold out at the time in Best Buy. And I bought Mobile (laughs) Suit Gundam Crossfire. (laughs) Jesus. Right. How was that, Phil? How how was that game? I still play it today, mate. It's an epic game. It's it's, it's, it's very (laughs) understated. You know, it's it's for the cool kids, really, you know, like, not a lot of people talk about it or tweet about it, because it's on the DL, like, the people who know, know about this game, and I was one of them, very early adopter. I don't think it's underground, I think it's buried. <laughs> yeah, it's buried, <laughs> fucking six feet bang, keep it there. Listen, we used to do a, back in the day, when we used to do our Thursday nights at Phil's drinking vodka, we used to do something called Ultimate Gamer. Right, and Ultimate Gamer is where we used to pick games out of a hat, and you had to win in those games, and you had to do it over like six or eight games, and that would determine who's the ultimate gamer. They could go go across different consoles, different generations. Yeah, so it'd be like a Mega Drive game. Next thing you're playing a PS One, then you're playing a PS Two, then a PS Three. You know, it was all over the place. That and awesome. I'm sure that one of those we did um, that exact game, that mobile suit. Gundam game and it was fucking awful. It was, yeah. It, it really is. <laughs> it's really bad. If, if, if you couldn't tell, I was, just... I was just feeding you some shit then. It's a terrible game. <laughs> I, I did I did kind of pick up on that, yeah. yeah. It was really okay, bad. Okay. So was that your launch game then? That, That's the game that you was got my launch three. game with my oh PS3, my which I went home and signed up with an American account because you couldn't sign up for a um a British account in those days because they didn't exist. Because I had it so far in advance. Because I think I bought it. I must have bought it. Yeah, I bought it on launch yeah, in November. So, and that's why I have this historic issue of having American accounts with PlayStation because because of PlayStation Three. For me, with my PlayStation Three memory, so this is a bit of a dark patch for me. Okay, because I was all in for the PS Three. I was working in Tesco part time while I was doing my A levels. And then I played Wii Bowling. And so I decided, fuck the PS3. I'm not paying £600 for this. I'm going to buy a Wii. So I bought a Wii and I bought kind of everything you can imagine for the Wii. I had all the little sports, like little tennis racket shit. I had all that nonsense, (laughs) right? And then I remember I was working. I'd gone to full time then just before I I got the job that I'm, I'm doing now and started working where I am now. And... I saw this article in a magazine that that was 
I was working early mornings, right? So it was like five in the morning. No one's in the store. So you could kind of read your, you could just read magazines off, off the shelf and then put them back kind of when everyone comes in, right? It's not official, but everyone was doing it. So I was reading like a PSM magazine. There was this article about Uncharted. And I was like, holy hell, this looks incredible. And that's the game that sold me on the PlayStation 3. So when I bought my PlayStation 3, it was probably, I don't know if you want to do a, a Google on this, Spence. When did, when did Uncharted 1 first come out? 19th of November, 2007. So what, a year after release? Is that two? When did it release, Phil? PS3 uh, in the UK, uh, March 23rd, 2007. A few months. A few months later. Oh, six, a few months seven, later. Six months. Oh, right. Well, yeah, I bought, I bought my PS3 then. Judging by what you just said, Spence, I bought my PS3 like six, seven months later. And so I bought with it then Resistance Fall of Man and Uncharted. Oh, you got lucky. Fucking busted. Oh, and Ridge Racer. I got Ridge Racer 7 as well. Great soundtrack. And Ridge Racer 7 is phenomenal. Actually an incredible game. It's my first Ridge Racer I've ever played and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Sweated it. Really, really enjoyed my time with it. But Resistance for me is the one that, that just got me involved with it. And it actually got a couple of my friends to buy a PlayStation 3 after playing that game online because it was so much fun. I love Resistance 1, even though it is janky as all fucking balls. It is so much fun. That game is fucking brilliant. Absolutely incredible. Right, well, as for me, I obviously I didn't get this game on launch either. I remember when I did get it, I ended up getting Ridge Racer. Was it, it might not have been Ridge Racer, actually. It might have been Need for Speed. I, th- I think it was Need for Speed Carbon, looking at the list. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, I think, came with the console. I think it was one of those package things they were doing at the time. So I got Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And then the game, I, like, I was like, Mum, can I have this? And then the game she got for me as well was Tony Hawk's Proving Ground, which I'm pretty sure was out at the time. It wasn't the Project 8 game. It was Proving Ground. So it was considerably after launch. Not entirely sure when, but it was a good while after. But in terms of the launch titles, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Need for Speed Carbon were the only two I played, I think. That's mad that you joined quite late into uh, PS3, but you were still playing launch titles. And yeah. I, I do agree, is, you know, Marvel weird. Ultimate Alliance still stands up. That is a hell of a game. Yeah. It's a great game. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Next up, we've got PS Vita, which launched February 22nd, 2012. For me... I pre-ordered this console, and I actually got it on launch uh, with Uncharted Golden Abyss. Wow, good wow. game. I did. Great game. I, I, I bought it straight away. I don't know why. I don't know what led me to think, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a PS Vita, because I never had a PSP. It might have just did been... Did you not? I never had a PSP, no. But it might have been a, like, wow. a time and a place where I just thought I was just in the right place financially, probably, where I thought, do you know what? We'll just splash out, and we'll just buy this. So for me... I bought my Vita a year after its launch. I bought with it Uncharted Golden Abyss. On PS Plus, we got Wipeout 2048. And I bought Gravity Rush. My God. All three of those games are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Especially Gravity Rush. Gravity Rush, I remember I went on holiday. When I first met my wife, actually. She wasn't my wife then. And I first met her and I went on holiday uh, about three weeks after us originally going on our first couple of dates and so i i took my vita with me and that entire time i played gravity rush like every moment i could as soon as the summer set and i was done drinking 
I was playing Gravity Rush and got the Platinum. Absolutely adored it. Brilliant game. Absolutely phenomenal. And Uncharted Golden Abyss, you know, complete that on the plane journey to and from. You know, absolutely sensational game. The rubbing to get the artifacts. That was a cool use of the, uh, yeah, the back. Of, it was the back of the the Vita, wasn't it, that you rubbed? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it is, oh, brilliant game. Absolutely fantastic game. Fantastic. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, about a year after release for me is when I got mine. Did you buy a Vita, uh, Spence? Um, so for the Vita, for me, boys, uh, I definitely didn't get it on launch. I remember I had a 3DS. It was the Fire Emblem limited edition 3DS, and I traded in the CEX so that I could afford a PS Vita because Persona 4 had just released on a PS Vita, and I really, really wanted to play Persona 4. So I traded it in, got the money, bought a PS Vita there on that day, got home. I think I bought Persona 4, obviously, because I really want to play it. Gravity Rush, so launch title. Uncharted Golden Abyss launch tile and street fighter cross tekken so those are the four games i had on my vita only two of them being launch tiles but gravity rush brilliant game i wish they would do more with gravity rush i absolutely adored gravity rush and granted i've not played gravity rush 2 and i probably should uh uncharted golden abyss again brilliant game the first uncharted game i ever played which is a bit weird but i as far as i know it was a prequel so it doesn't matter too much. Street Fighter Cross Tekken is a fire. Come on, you'll have your fun with it. You know, a bit, the controls were dog shit, but fighting game. It was fun. I got the players Pac-Man and not Pac-Man, Mega Man, but it was some fat, ugly Mega Man. It was jokes. What was your Persona 4? Persona 4, I spent days. I'd remember I'd be on my top bunk in my bunk bed, wrapped up in my blanket with my PS Vita under the blanket, just playing Persona 4. And I probably didn't sleep for two days. And I just beat the game. It was amazing. Okay, so moving on, we've got PS4, which launched November 29th, 2013. And unfortunately, guys, I didn't buy this on launch. I bought I bought oh. the Xbox. Um, oh, my God. That was down to me working at Gadget Show at the time and, and get given quite a lot of stuff. So, yeah. I didn't buy a PS4 till quite late on into the generation, I don't think. That is probably the worst decision you've ever made in your entire life. Yeah, you, you put it to Gadget Show and said you got given a lot of stuff. Yeah, we got given quite a lot of free games. How does that... So the games is the reason you bought the Xbox, so you could play the games you got for yeah. free. That's fair enough. I can't argue that. I can't argue that. I'm not... I'm, I'm, I can't argue that. That's I had access enough. to the full suite of um, launch titles because we went to the... Well, we were invited to the, the launch party... Uh, down in London and then we were in one of the the Mayfair hotels where they themed every room of this hotel based on the game so one of them was Killer Instinct one of them was um, the Roman fighting game or whatever it was that came out like they were all themed around this like Mayfair hotel and all the drinks were free all the food was free and yeah it was a hell of a great night so yeah I bought bought an Xbox that night high on high on that night out I remember being so jealous of you when you managed to play a PlayStation 4 before me. I was so jealous. Yeah, that launch wasn't as good. Like... I remember phoning you up and being like, how was how was the DualShock 4? And you were like, it was good, mate. And I was like, how was Killzone? You are like, it looked brilliant. I was like, fucking dick. I was just like, oh my God. 
I was like, this is fucking horrendous. And I had to wait. But I also played Smash before you Four. as well. Smash 4 before you, wasn't it? Because I went to the Nintendo um, like press event where I got to play Smash. So, uh, yeah, that period of time, I was just invited to a lot of the uh, right parties. It was, it was really cool. It was hell. It was hell for me. It, it really was. Well, in terms of my experience, so I got a bit of a dark experience when it comes to the original start of the PS4 because I tried to get a pre-order and they were sold out. And so I just moved into a new house with my wife and she wasn't my wife then though either. I was saying to her, right, I, I need to get a PS4. I saw this advert on Gumtree and it was £350, PS4, they'll deliver it to your door. And I thought, oh my God, that's fantastic. That's 50 quid off normal price. I'll, I'll do that in a heartbeat, right? Messaged the guy, sent the money over to him before it being delivered to me like an absolute fucking idiot. And I was just conned out. Just lost all my money. So all the money I'd saved up for the PS4, I just lost it. So I couldn't get it anywhere near launch period. My birthday then, because the console came out in the November, if I remember rightly, and my birthday's in the February. So I was just kind of waiting and really depressed, actually, for a couple of months. I was playing through, like, uh, Shadow of the Colossus on PS3. I was playing through, like, uh, Far Cry 3, which actually turned out to be fucking fantastic. Taking all these old games off my backlog waiting for the ps4 my birthday came around and my parents bought it for me oh i got Killzone shadowfall i had assassin's creed 4 black flag battlefield 4 i bought lego marvel superheroes bought resogun bought sound shapes and i bought flower Killzone shadowfall is sensational it's not as good as the other entries in the series in my opinion better than one but not as good as two or three, but really revolutionary in terms of the way they took the series. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag is my favorite entry in the entire series. Wow. Absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Resogun is one of the best games on PS4. It really and is. What? Ever? Yeah. Like, just, damn. It's, it's amazing. It's incredible. I got the Platinum on PS4 and on PlayStation Vita. It's Fair play. It's incredible. It's such a fun game. And that's about it, really. So for me, I didn't get PS4 until extremely late. Not maybe a year prior to PS4 Pro, I got it. So I got the PS4 Slim because it was maybe 200 quid on a catalog website, whatever. Very, I think it was. Very.com. So I got one. 200 quid. I thought, that's quite cheap. I want to play Persona 5. Let's get one. Didn't get Persona 5 right away, not going to lie. I got it ages after. I still haven't finished it. It is what it is. I'm 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 looking through these launch titles, boys. I On PS4, at least, I've owned Knack because it was free on PS Plus. I've owned... I've owned Knack. You haven't in... You haven't, <laughs> Knack you haven't is Justice? Owned. I would have thought that would be one of the games you would have got. Me and Davey both own that. On PC. I own it on PC. I've got it... I, I bought it on PS3 and I got it for free on PlayStation Plus years after it came out and then dc universe online was free for everyone i suppose you could take yeah. that off but i i didn't never played it ghost was shit apparently by all the chords so i never played call of duty ghosts battlefield 4 is the best battlefield though it's a fantastic battlefield um, i disagree but okay really which one's your favorite battlefield 3 battlefield 3 mate. battlefield 3 is great as well that's a fantastic Brilliant choice game. yeah no no yeah. shoot shoot that down 
I played yeah out of all these games on the launch release I've I've played Knack didn't play much of Knack because it, it wasn't great uh, I played Blacklight Retribution mostly because I played it on PC quite a lot I actually really liked Blacklight Retribution so I got it on PS4 as well then after playing it on controller I just thought this isn't for me Knack was billed as such a big game wasn't it and it flopped so yeah, badly. Yeah. I remember watching some of the like state of plays or whatever it was at the time, and I remember the like art director coming on and being like, "I've come up with this new like yeah." The crazy thing is, the guy who developed, who came up with the original concept, and the lead architect for the PS4 and PS5, Mark Cerny. That's him. Yeah, he's the guy who developed Knack. He's the guy who is his baby. And they gave him, out of respect, surely, because it couldn't have sold that much. Jesus Christ, Knack was fucking awful. They gave him Knack 2, and that did fuck all as well. So just stick to the consoles, mate. You do a great job with your consoles, but your games are fucking shit. You've heard it here first, guys. Moving on, as we all know, uh, PS5, November 12th, 2020. I think you already know that I got Miles Morales, and I bought it on Amazon. Uh, Davey? So yeah, so I got mine through games, so I picked up Midnight, it's my first ever console Midnight launch. In terms of the games, games I got on release were Demon's Souls and Spider-Man Miles Morales, but now I've got Sackboy A Big Adventure, Destruction All-Stars, Astro's Playroom obviously, yeah, I love them. Nice. I love them. Spider-Man Miles Morales is up there with the original Spider-Man on PS4. In terms of gameplay, it's probably a better game. Plot is not as good, but still an absolutely sensational game. I think about it quite often. Demon Souls is sensational. It really is. It does it's phenomenal. It does feel they've launched with some big AAA titles. If we, yeah. if we're looking at the other console generations and we're looking at what what was big, you know, out, outside of Resistance, Fall of Man, and Uncharted: Golden Abyss, is there many AAAs there? You got Killzone: Shadowfall on PS4. And and that's about it, other than the ones you've already mentioned. That's about it. Yeah. Gravity Rush, I'd say, is up there as well. Ooh. Feels AAA okay. when you play it. Okay. You might be siding with Vita then when I ask the final question. Might be. So as we all know, this is the first PlayStation console, portable and home console, that I've actually got on launch. And for me, the games I got on launch, obviously Astro's Playroom came with the console. I got Demon's Souls and I got Spider-Man. And that was really it for launch. That's all I got on there. But since then, I've played both of those, Platinum, both of those games, and Astros, Platinum, all of them. I've played the MC5. Well, I've played the MC5. That's it, actually. Just those games. Poor Godfall. <laughs> poor, poor yeah, Godfall. Fuck Godfall, mate. Fuck Godfall. <laughs> nice, guys. So we, we've been through all the console generations, and then we've even thrown in the handheld. So what I'm asking you guys now is to single out the best launch set of games so we're going to pick PS1, PS2, PS3, PS Vita, PS4, PS5. What was your favorite launch in terms of games? I know we've had our Twitter votes, and I know we've mentioned a couple of consoles throughout it, but now we've been over it, and we've looked back to what you bought at the time, what you've played since. I'm asking you the difficult question. What is your favorite? It is. It is I, think it, I think it's super difficult looking back. So I started this off, and my original thought was immediately Vita, because I love Wipeout 2048, I love Uncharted, Golden Abyss, and I love Gravity Rush, right? Easy. Easy win. PS5 has got a sensational launch period. 
But the PS4 is broken, in my opinion. Killzone Shadow 4, Resogun, and Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, let alone Battlefield 4, my favourite entry in the series. Unfortunately, as much as I don't want to, I've got to give it to PS4. And I never thought I'd say that because I thought I'd be hard on PS Vita or PS5, but I, I can't. I can't argue with those games. They're all sensational. Crazy. All right. Well, for me, I PS4 isn't even in the running for me. For me, the close comparison is PS5 and Vita. Just because Gravity Rush and Uncharted being launch titles is insane. It's fantastic. Those games were crazy good. Yeah, they are. They are. But I'm, th- I'm trying to th- compare console to console rather than game to game. Because the difference between, say, Demon Souls and Uncharted Golden Abyss is there's such a huge difference. It's insane. But then if you think of the console's limitations and when they launched... I think you've got to bear it all into mind because it's like Metal Gear Solid 1 is my favourite game of all time, right? That doesn't hold sure. a candle to any of the games being released today in terms of its technical prowess. No. But in terms of what it is as a game, based on what it can possibly do on a ps1 is sensational yeah and the way it makes you feel now if this was going over total library then ps4 would win in a heartbeat without even a second thought right this is just launch period in terms of just comparing games you are comparing games not the system because the ps5 is obviously the best out of all of them. Yeah, of course. But you try to compare, you try to correlate the game to the system. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, I get you. But uh, even, even with that being said, for me personally, personally, very personally, because I've this is the first game I've had on launch as well, especially, I still have to give it to PS5 just because Makes Demon's sense. Souls, breathtaking game, breathtaking. Honestly, it's, it's second place for me. It's PS5. Yeah. Because Astro's is phenomenal. Spider-Man's phenomenal. Again, DMC5, granted I didn't get it on launch, but I've played it since on PS5, and it is amazing. It's it's a great launch. It is a great Superb launch for a console. Yeah. Superb. What about you, Phil? I've asked this question, and I think it's probably one of the hardest questions I've asked on the podcast to date. It is... I, I, I've, I've chopped and changed over all the different console generations, and I, I've weighed it up. And the, and the way I've looked at this now is that when I was buying a PS1 or a PS2 or a PS3, a lot of those game decisions were more down to, I suppose, my dad, really, than anything else, you know, because if he had the money, he was able to buy me more games at the time. You know, now looking at the PS4 and the PS5, that's down to my, you know, financial availability. But what I'm looking at this now, I'm taking all the list and I'm thinking, if I had the money at the time, which console generation would I want to jump into? And for me, because of the variety... I'm going to stick with PS2. There was 29 games on launch. Yeah. Like, I mean... There's there's so much there for you to dig into, right? I suppose the thing is then, all we can agree on is that PS1 and PS3 have the weakest launch lineups then. Well, no one said Vita either, yeah. did they? We all were fucking close on Vita, though. Yeah, Vita is close. There's Uncharted and Gravity Rush are too good. But if you look at PS3, you've got Resistance Fall of Man, and that's huge. I would say that's much bigger than PS2 and PS1. That's about it. It's a fucking weak list. PS3 is horrendous. 
I think PS3 is the weakest list out of the lot. Oh, that was PS1. PS1 had Rayman. All right, yeah. PS1 at the bottom, PS3 second, and then two, four, and five. Joint for first with Vita as a second place. Audience, we're going to leave this up to you. Right into the podcast. Let us know what you think. Right into the email, psweetrust at gmail.com. And you guys will be the deciding vote on this. We've had the Twitter vote. It's up to you to settle it between PS2, PS4, PS5. And that's about it for this episode of In PS We Trust. Thank you ever so much for listening. I'm Davey. I'm Phil. And I'm Spencer. Take care, guys. Peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at SSJDavy, at PhilipHoy, at SpenPi underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.